This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out! I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode will watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello listeners. We are back. We have a great episode today. Not only is it a movie um, that I think is a huge crowd pleaser, The Emperor's New Groove, but we have a very special guest and a dear friend of ours, Andrew. So welcome. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Thank you for having me. We're very excited because Andrew, uh, so I think this is our first even past Disney employee. Like we haven't had, we haven't had anyone who's worked for disney i don't believe so no but andrew is also a college friend so that's the origin yes. well of... yeah yeah we've got reasons why we're friends with them but we're excited for the disney part. yes so you are a current employee of the house of mouse that is correct i am a stage technician for disney world um mostly i've done show builds and nighttime spectaculars in my time here nighttime spectacular like it's so funny because to me as a layman, the it's like, so the fireworks displays, right? Yeah, basically. It's it's just funny because I like that it's like probably ingrained in you that those are nighttime spectacular. It, it really is. I was out here originally hired for the build of Rivers of Light at Animal Kingdom. Rest in peace. Mm. Um, oh. Yeah. Is that is that a is that a uh, fallen brother? Of it is. Yeah. It no longer. Yeah. They um, exists, right? Yep. What What was your favorite one to work on? Honestly, I would say that one was probably my favorite. It was, um, for lack of a better term, we were talking about it um, when it was closing as it was our ugly baby. We loved it. (laughs) Oh, no. Not many other people did, but we were there from the beginning. It was honestly probably my longest working on a single project. Oh, wow. My Disney parks experience is mostly from when i was pretty young right so i don't exactly like i i feel like and especially becoming you know on instagram and all this stuff kind of part of this like disney community and and having a lot of people you know seeing a lot of people post about disney stuff i feel like disney people are like oh that's the this and that's the this and i don't know the difference between the shows i don't remember the old shows i vaguely remember like there was something out on the lake at epcot and like stuff like that like I know the one at Animal Kingdom because a lot of people, like you mentioned, did not care for it. And then there were some that were sad that it was closing. Because I follow a couple theme park journalists, Carly Wiesel, and a couple others that, like, talk about everything pretty extensively. But... I hate... I hate the, like... Carly usually likes everything. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say the only, like... I feel like the only Disney Disney thing that I'm, like kind of follow that internet theme of like it's bad we should think it's bad is the superstar limo thing they had 
I feel like that's the like one thing that I'm like that's the bad thing. Everything else I'm like, like I loved Alien Encounter. I love. I think a lot I of wish people I could have seen that. Oh god, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Alien it Encounter. Was, it was a lot of fun. All right, this has nothing to do with this episode, but I'm gonna tell the story because that's the one that has like the canned in uh, heckles from the crowd. Do you remember that? Do you, have you heard that story? I don't think I have. So, like, you're in there, and there's, like, the monster comes out. The monster's in the middle, and it eventually becomes Stitch's Great Escape, and it's a lot right. friendlier. But at that time, it was, like, legit scary. And this monster comes out, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's horrible. And, like, you hear, like, the sounds from the people, quote-unquote, in the room with you. And then they have, like, a speaker in the audience where someone goes, it's my mother-in-law. And, like, yeah. we got came, we came out of there, and we were dying laughing. Like, I can't believe some guy did that. Yeah, And then we went back. So I rode that thing like three times. And we went back and the same beat gets hit. And there's like certain jokes like that that got hit. But I was like, oh, it's canned. And it's, it's yeah. fun if it's that one experience. But this is also the one where what they do is it. So it gets loose and it's running around. They have this thing, which now I assume to be like um, hand sanitizer. It's this goo falls on you and it evaporates real quick. But it's little drips. Mm-hmm. Something. I don't know if it broke. I don't know if it was just a lot. My dad is a bald man, and this huge glop like hit him in the head and like splashed onto <laughs> us. And he was like, "Oh, like just like really upset about it." But that's that's my big memory from uh, Alien Encounter. It's a great ride. You should look up a, a ride thing of it. But I, it, it was a great thing to experience. I remember talking to someone who worked on the build of that, and they were oh, going on cool. a story that. Um, there were. This was weirdly because this was before my time at Disney. This was the guy I worked with at Blue Man, who had also worked over there. Um, so Andrew also worked on Blue Man in Vegas. That is true. Uh, did six years over there. Yeah, that's awesome. I have like nine million story uh, questions about life in Vegas that I'm sure may not be appropriate for this podcast. So we'll move forward. <laughs> <laughs> so there were so many subs um, running in that um, ride that the shelving for merchandise on the outside of it kept unscrewing itself. Oh, wow. Just kept shaking the things out. And then you, you just yeah. get this louder and louder rattle throughout the day. Oh, my God. So that might have something to do with something coming loose and yeah, spraying my That's dad cool, with hand sanitizer on his head. So with who you work with, are there veterans who have been there, you know, 20 plus years and things like that? Does that still exist in Disney? I know like now it seems there's a little bit more turnover than there used to be, but. Uh, Yeah, we do still have um, a a number of people. Um, That was a big thing at Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom um, up until about the time Rivers and Pandora at night opened was just a park closed about six to seven yeah so they had a habit of people would transfer over to animal kingdom when they got the seniority to transfer over there because they could be so they go home early yep being the one place you have the nine to five every day yeah and that was the thing um there were there was a lot of complaints because a lot of times you still wind up in the park so you're pretty much scheduled within one park. You might work several different areas of that one park. But oh, when okay. you're used to nine to five and suddenly your job can keep you there till 10 now. That's like, I, I, I listen, I feel like we could sit here and ask you 8 million questions. More <laughs> will come up as they come along. Sure and I will be that. honest. Are, are you a member of the Facebook page? I am. 
So if some so if somebody wants to read have a question there, if you're not on the Facebook page, check it out. Or you can always send us an email or call us, and we'll get back to Andrew with any questions about it, um, except for one question, and that is what you are currently working on. Yes. Which that you is, can't talk about. That is top secret at the moment. <laughs> can't talk about it. Going to be real big. Going to be real exciting. Yes, yeah. that's always that. That alone is fun to hear. Yeah. Um. So my question for you now is, um. Oh, I actually want to go back because you said Animal Kingdom because I do have a bone to pick with Animal Kingdom. Oh my god! Uh, remember when I said that there weren't rides I didn't like at Disney? Incorrect. The Bugs Life ride is <laughs> is the worst ride I've ever been on because it jabbed me in the back and you had a sunburn. I had a, no, I, it hurt. Whatever it was, it just hurt. It was like, the, it was, what is the bad guy, the villain in Hopper? No, it's not mm-hmm. Hopper. It's, there's a wasp that gets loose and then this thing comes out and jabs you in the back. I thought it was Hopper that stings Hopper's you. Hopper's a grasshopper, so. Oh, fair enough. Okay, um, I don't, I've got my animals mixed it, up. Yeah, Hopper has some other problems as he is voiced by a sexual assaulter, but, <laughs> yeah. um, I just get jammed in the back. I just remember that, and I like the whole day. Everyone, I would keep being like, "That felt like a like a betrayal." <laughs> like, oh, that I, you got poked. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, because I feel like I did. I, I remember I got scared at uh, Honey, Honey. I shrunk the audience mm-hmm. because of the mice that come up, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, and that was yeah, kind of yeah. like, oh, but all that is is air. Yeah, this was a, a physical object yeah, I comes out that. of your chair. Yeah. That's like if someone was sitting behind you with a broomstick and just jabbed you with a broomstick. <laughs> I don't know. I just listen. I'm take. I'm. I just want to put that out there. Do you was was it as as traumatic to you as it was to me? Have you been on that one? I have they been on that down? one. I know. So most people, as soon as they start telling the story, it's going to be the exact same thing you're telling, <laughs> except they got there with the worst sunburn of their life. Right. Oh, and then it pokes yes. you in the back, and they're like, "Why did I sign up for this?" Well, yeah. if I remember correctly, maybe because I'm tall, I got jammed like. I can feel exactly where it was. It's like under my right <laughs> shoulder blade. And I think that's part of it. Is it just went jump like up. Un- I was like, ah, Ooh. but like to me, if you got sunburned there, why are you walking around animal kingdom with your shirt off? Well, no, animal say. kingdom doesn't have a lot of shade or didn't when it first right, opened. But if it's I don't getting know jammed that, there, that's, that's what I'm saying. Changed, that's where but... a shirt is on me. Well, I don't know. I mean, well, it depends on if you spent half the day at the pool. Yeah, there fair, you go. Fair, that fair, too. fair, fair. Good thing. They're not getting it at animal kingdom. Yeah. They're, Good point. And then we also talked in the last episode about the trauma of Dinosaur the Ride, which yes. was the scariest ride I think I've ever been on. It's probably <laughs> not true, but I was like, ah. I just, so, and I was an adult when I went on it. Have you been to Disneyland? Um, no, I don't think no. so. Okay, so the Dinosaur Ride is the exact same track as Indiana Jones. Yes, we talked about that. Okay. But the problem with the Dinosaur Ride is so much of it is in the dark, and then like the lights come on and the Carnotaur is yep. like, right there. And we talked about this in the last one, so we'll probably cut this out for the people who already listened to that one. But like, I had a bone to pick with that one. Maybe I like I simultaneously. Maybe you love... just have a bone to pick with Animal Kingdom. It sounds like. Well, I I want to <laughs> say that, but also you. We watched that those videos on Disney Plus recently, and you were like looking up how to work at Animal Kingdom. I was like, I want to be one of the animal wranglers. And then I was like, Oh, you need I was you know like, you like need an actual some sort degree. of degree. No, you can't be like loves lot. animals. <laughs> Trust me, I went down a rabbit hole, and I am in no way, shape, or form qualified at all but it was very cool to just look into it and the epcot because epcot now has like a whole under the sea like underwater well they've had that one for a while i think i, I haven't been there in yeah. so long so i can't remember if that was there when i was there but yeah i went down a deep dive yeah. into what it takes to be someone to work with the animals at disney world <laughs> okay the the epcot one if you um 
really want to drop the money, they have a thing where you can go um, scuba diving in that tank. Oh, that's cool. Like, so they have the restaurant around it, but they will put a person in it sometimes. (laughs) And just, like, they're swimming around. Yep. (laughs) Skip ahead a few seconds if you got kids in the room. I... That seems to me like the worst. Like, I feel like they'd be like, and that's how everyone watched Ryan drown. Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I, you know, <laughs> let me, let me, let's do one last uh, Disney Parks question for you, Andrew. What is your favorite Disney Parks experience, uh, ride or, you know, uh, nighttime spectacular or, or di- like what, like if you, if you had like, Hey, Andrew, you have one thing you can do today at Disney Parks. What would you do? Personally, I am such a sucker for the Haunted Mansion. It's a very traditional answer. I'm actually using um, Haunted Mansion coasters right now. Nice. Perfect. But um, I think I agree. I think that would be mine. It's a great one, yeah. I would also say that um, the um, Jungle Cruise would be a close second. Um, so let's, we've been talking for a while about Disney parks and believe me, we could go on and possibly we'll do an episode on them someday, but Emperor's New Groove. That's the movie we're doing today. Andrew, uh, I know you wanted to do Roger Rabbit and I'm very sorry about that. And, and, and that's perfectly, that's perfectly fine. Why was this your second choice? Um, this was actually probably my return to watching Disney movies. Um, I don't Mm. think I saw any in a reasonable timeline between um i would say lion king was probably my last disney movie for a long time hmm. that was you know i was <laughs> you were so uh, uh traumatized by mufasa's death that you're like i'm done i'm out <laughs> i was so obnoxious teenager and just too cool for this stuff yeah yeah uh-huh too cool for yeah. school yeah 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 now, did you see it in the theater? Empress I did Groove? not. Do you remember? I actually, um, I don't think I did either. I saw it on a band bus. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's perfect. And I feel like there's got to be a lot of people out there who have that similar I, I thing about sure certain movies. I am sure a lot movies. of people do. Uh-huh. But yeah, that was the first time I'd seen it. I don't think I'd seen a Disney movie in seven, eight years at that point. Yeah, no, it was hysterical. It was great. And it was a great break from the other, you know, four movies they watched every single trip. Yeah, what were the uh-huh. ones on y'all's band bus? Ours was basketball. We had this one guy who made us watch basketball I'm over and over again. Oh, I think we talked our band director into putting on Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. You told me about and that. they didn't realize, like, how... Not appropriate yeah, it was? Yeah, it is for high schoolers. And then they get to that the part where she's, like, swimming or whatever and like not oh, yeah, there's fully full clothed. On yeah, there's full on nudity, and then they the... like freaked out and turned it off. But yeah, yeah, somehow we talked somebody into putting that on. But I'm trying to remember what else we watched. We watched a ton of um, stuff. Holy but... Grail was the big one. They watched uh, Rat Race all the time. If you were on the drummer oh, bus, God, I forgot about Rat it Race. It was yeah. just the Blue Devils. <laughs> Which not wait, 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 wait. The drum corps. Yeah, drum corps. Would, the drum yeah. bus oh, would always so like just take over of... and it would just be drum corps videos the whole time. Always the That's Blue Devils. That's so funny. Oh, um, I can't think of anything I'd want to watch less. Like... <laughs> the other, the last one of the memory just from a um, band trip, bus trip, it was, um, is Cool Runnings also Disney? It is, isn't it? Yeah. We watched yes. Cool Runnings, mm-hmm. except we watched the entire movie muted because one parent remembered that they said, <laughs> 
at one time. Oh my god! And they wouldn't gosh. let us have the volume oh up, gosh. but someone had already picked it, so they just put it on and muted it. Well, if Tara movie. had been there, I know, it wouldn't have I been a problem. She could have thing. just done the whole movie for <laughs> I everybody. I love that movie. Uh, well, thing. what's your history, Ryan, with this film? I remember growing... Okay, so coming into this one, like, I don't... I remember kind of having... I have a weird thing against this movie because I think so many people liked it. And then I don't think it's, like, classic Disney. Like, I don't think it's... it's, it's I think it's a... You know, after rewatching stuff, I have a different opinion of it. But at the time, I was like, this is just some goofball stuff. This doesn't feel like Disney. This feels more like Warner Brothers. This feels more like, you know, it's not an epic story. It's not this, this, and the other, which we'll go into a little bit is what their original intention mm-hmm. for it was. Yeah. But I kind of, for a long time, like, even now, like, kind of, I'm always like, all right. I, like, I like Emperor's New Groove, but, like, calm down. It's not the greatest, like... Be an adult. Think of a real <laughs> Disney movie you like. Like I, it, we're gonna get a lot of hate mail for your. I know, but what I'm saying comment. is, after watching their intention <laughs> and what they wanted to do, I think I need to sit back and watch this as like a screwball comedy, which was something they it's wanted a buddy to do. With, comedy, it is. Too. It's but yeah. it's also like that's what it was meant to be. They weren't trying to do something epic, and there's a lot of reasons they tried to do that. Something, some production issues are why they did it this way. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, is it funny? Do I enjoy it? Sure. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think that's part of it is I just, it, it, it felt, I think, a little, again, we're getting into my, like, too cool for school phase right. of, like, yeah. Disney. And I think some of it was, like, this feels pandering. This feels for kids, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm, like, an adult and I don't care about anything, I'm like, <laughs> what people think of me, I'm like, yeah, it looks, it's fun. So I'm, I, what I'm hoping is, is I come out of this one enjoying it a lot more than I have in the past. Yeah. I will say I stand by my statement that Kronk is the worst henchman because he he becomes a good guy. And I think that's interesting for a henchman storyline. Yeah. But when he everyone was like, oh, he's a great henchman. He's a terrible henchman. He's a great character, but he's a terrible Shouldn't henchman. Shouldn't have insulted his spinach uh, puffs. I, I know. Hey, that's I, what did it. I found, this will be out on the Facebook page, I found a, a binging for Babish does a recipe for his spinach puffs. Oh, that's yes. fun. <laughs> Uh, I think Disney recently, oh no, it was Kronk did challah bread. That's what it was. Disney, like Disney's Instagram posted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kronk, they did Kronk like, did challah bread. Challah so everyone bread said. one of the Jewish holidays. Everyone said, oh, Kronk is Jewish. It's canon now. <laughs> yes, I forgot about yeah. that. Uh, I, I don't recall if I saw this in the theater or not. I don't think I did. But I also have memories of us in high school quoting this movie. Like we, we became like. Not necessarily obsessed with it, but, like, it's hilarious. Like, there are so many good moments in this movie. So I loved it from moment one. I I had a good experience with it from moment one. But uh, we can kind of, I guess, dive in a little bit here if you want. So I've got the troubled history, if you want me to start off with that. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to give a couple facts. Like, it came out in 2000. Uh, it got an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which uh, we always kind of list that. I think it could be higher because I love this movie. That's, I gotta say. I think say it's it. a pretty high number comparatively to some other stuff we've done recently. Yeah, I will say that's another thing that like, I think, I think I thought this one was reviewed poorly and it's reviewed pretty well. Like yeah. Roger Ebert. That, yeah, it was reviewed pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert came out and said, this is a cartoon. And I mean that in the, in the highest 
like yes. possible. Yeah, it had a disappointing at the box office. So yes. that's, you know, for Disney when they're looking at it. Uh, it had a hundred million dollar budget, uh, and I read it had a gross of one sixty nine point five. That's global. It it did it, domestic, yeah. which is sometimes how they look at this, was less was than, even less yeah. than that. Yeah, um, and so, but when it was released for home media, that's when it became huge. So that next year, two thousand and one. It kind of started getting this cult following and also just, you know, more people were interested in it. And it was the best-selling DVD of 2001. Yes. Which I thought was cool. And then the only other fact before you dive into, like, kind of the uh, challenges with this film. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, My Funny Friend and Me. But what's interesting is it's a song that Sting wrote. You're going to go into everything with Sting. But it's not, like, there was a music video for it, but I don't believe the song ever appears anywhere in the film. I don't know if maybe it it's plays in the, at credits, the credits, I believe. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's the end credits. Yeah, so I distinctly remember in this movie, it. I distinctly remember this movie having, like, a da-da-da-da-da-da, wah, oh, sting song. Yeah, Like, this yeah. real, like, it goes from, like, super, like, hammy it to, really like... It really doesn't fit yeah. with the rest of it. Well, because he wrote an entire album's worth of songs. He wrote, like, eight songs for this that yeah. didn't make it. So I'll go into that in just a sec. Uh, we talked about this last time, but the top three uh, with Dinosaur, but the top three movies that year, Mission Impossible 2, Gladiator, and Castaway. Um, and uh, so... Good year. Yeah, it was a good year. Uh, well, right after that is What Women Want, Dinosaur, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So The Jim Carrey one? The Jim Carrey one <laughs> that you and I watched, and we were like, this makes me sad for Christmas. <laughs> like, yeah. We usually, it does not hold up. It's a lot of screaming. And a lot of like very um, jokes that were topical at the time that weren't even necessarily a, super funny it just at the feels time. And, mean, like, yeah. and I know everyone's like the Grinch is mean, but the Grinch and the Grinch is like the Grinch in the original. Anyway, the listen, version. we yeah, could do a whole thing on the Grinch. Oh my goodness! Uh, but so the whole the, uh, to tell the story of this, I'm actually going to go back to the Lion King for a little bit. Yeah, that's fine. Because originally, and I don't know if we talked about this in our Lion King. Did you know that originally there was a whole version of The Lion King that was mostly supposed to feel more like a nature documentary called The King of the Jungle? I can't remember if we talked We might about have talked about that, but that was a big thing where they started pitching that and it didn't go well. And so they brought in Roger Allers, or Allers, I think, to come in and um, kind of help rewrite that and make it more musical. And he ended up being like the writer, director, all that. Like, ha- I think he was, there were two directors. But going through that, and that was a big thing for him, is like he came out and helped save The Lion King, which ended up being. You know, the Lion King. Yeah. Um, so eventually, uh, Disney was kind of like, go do, what's, what's your next project? And he pitched an idea uh, that was supposed to be uh, a version of Mark Twain's The Prince and the Popper, but set in, quote unquote, Incan civilization. But it was more of just like a fictionalized version of South American history. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, called Kingdom of the Sun. Yeah, and I read that that development began in 1994. Yes, so this was early 90s. So uh, he was given almost complete freedom from Eisner to go ahead on everything. So he wrote this story about the greedy emperor Manco, and he finds his identif- identical peasant named Pacha. Mm-hmm. Um, Manco originally meant to be played by David Spade, of course. Manco would become Cusco. Mm-hmm. And Pacha was originally played by Owen Wilson. Yes, I ha- I did read that. Yeah. So they've got lines, and I I saw some things where it's them, and it's you know they've they they've got they've there's I'll post this all where it's like all the original art that they have of that where they kind of pencil sketched a bunch of those scenes. 
But, um, you know. It's interesting that you said David Spade was the original for Cusco because I had other ones that were also considered for him. He might have been not originally the idea, but he recorded stuff as Manko. As Manko. And then they brought it, they moved him over. I read Chris Tucker, Michael J. Fox, and Rowan Atkinson were all considered. Those are three extremely different different actors. And then. uh, That that is a, yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty varied and then uh the other one before you go back into your history here barbara streisand was the original choice yes isn't that nuts yeah which i'm so glad it was eartha kit listen it just would have been i look barbara's great but i need everyone different i need everyone to realize that there's going to be a lot of gushing over eartha kit in this episode from this side probably from both sides but yeah isma was the originally also in it as eartha kit eartha kit and david spade are the only voices when they switch to Emperor of the uh, to uh, Emperor's New Groove that they moved that over. moved over. Interesting. So Isma was her thing was she wanted to summon Supe, the god of death, to destroy the sun so she'd live forever because she was her character was a mortician's daughter who had learned the uh, the um, the secret of long life, mm. and she was I think blaming the sun for her wrinkles and stuff oh. <laughs> so i think that's some of why like now there's a lot of jokes about her wrinkles and old age and mm-hmm. the new one because i think that held over because they showed some original line drives for her and i gotta be honest cartoon crush on original version of yzma because it did look it was it was a drawn by andreas deja yeah and b looked a lot more like eartha kit yeah there was a lot more of the original kind of disney style as you can see from seeing this movie there's a there's a new kind of of um Animation style. Animation style, like a specific mm-hmm. style to it that's right. a little more cartoony. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I literally wrote, Yzma looked way hotter in the original. Uh, <laughs> so they, you know, usual stuff. They went to Peru. They went to Machu Picchu and took pictures of the uh, uh, stuff there way back in the 90s. Um, some other voices that they had were Harvey Firestein was like a little ink and idol that ran around and talked to everybody. Mm. Uh, Carla Gugino was a character I didn't really find much on her and then Laura Prepon from that 70s show was like she was so Yzma turns Manko into a a llama to like get rid of him so she can manipulate Owen Wilson's character Mm -hmm. and uh, who is Pacha Pacha Manko or Cusco or whatever David Spade I'm just gonna call him by the name David Spade goes off and finds Laura Prepon and she's a llama taker and they have like a romance so that was, and it was originally going to be like much darker and much, not darker, but more epic and more yeah, serious. Yeah, I read it was supposed to be a musical epic was the term that I read. So another thing that happened, so now we, you can jump anytime you want. I've got like this whole thing. Yeah, that's fine. So Sting, they get mm-hmm. Sting to do the, 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 the music because. So I had read that Roger Allers, Allers. Allers recruited Sting yes. to write some of the music. So that was yes. like his choice well that was like his he's like well we had elton john for this one let's get sting yeah uh and sting took it thinking he was going to be doing a musical epic, yes that this was going to be his big disney um do my own thing have my own huge disney story epic and part of the deal was his wife would be allowed to to document the whole process and make something out of it mm-hmm. now at the time they didn't know everything that was going to happen with this now is his wife a documentary and like i mean in so much that i filmmaker i, I, I didn't I mean, really it dive matter into if it she is or not i'm just curious she is because she made the sweat box which is the story yeah. of this which is called the sweat box because they didn't have air conditioning in the room where they did a lot of the work oh, on geez. this on this um now you've seen the sweat box andrew yes 
Do you want to dive into a little bit of that? It's it's hard. It's not well. It's not hard to find, but it's not readily available because it was owned by Disney. So Disney went, oh, when everything kind of turned south, they went, yeah, we'll yeah. never release this. <laughs> they had to release it originally at um, a few festivals, Sundance, and I think one other was contractually it had to be played. I think it actually won some awards at Sundance the year it came out. However, um, as soon as they reached their contract limit, they went. All right, well, this goes back in the vault. No one ever sees this. We'll put this right next to Walt's head. Basically. Song of the South. <laughs> that they um, had no intention of, but it would still get um, requests. And I think they've still released it every couple of years for like documentary for people making documentaries. Mm. They'll let you see it if it's if as filmmakers. Mm, okay. And something a few years ago, someone made a copy and... It shows up now again, now and again on YouTube and such. Huh? Did you get to see the the footage of uh young of the original version of Isma? Yes, it is actually that is probably the most interesting thing in it because they do a yeah, bunch of chunks in the beginning <laughs> where they're fair, but um, a bunch of chunks in the beginning where they're um like half animating the pencil drawings to yeah do the original storyboarding and. They were several years into the process when they showed up, did their first big executive review, and were told nothing, none of it. Yeah, Changing yeah. Everything. You need to go back to the uh, yeah. I read board. that there were poor test screenings and obviously other issues as well that I'm sure they go into in the documentary. And then that's when Al- I never Allers Allers departs, and then it's well. Um, well, there's a, there's a, I've got a little more detail. Yeah. I've got a little more detail. Yeah, I don't have a lot of the detail. I just have like kind of the bullet points. So part of the things the executives had going into that meeting where it's like, let's look at it. And like, I, I think the, the number is like 25% of it had been animated and it was just, they dumped it. That's a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good um, amount. They, they, you also have to remember Pocahontas and Hunchback had not been do did not do great. And were kind yes. of more serious, darker ones. So that was part of the reason they went, okay. The one that had, had done well was Toy Story. And they were like, well, that's light. That's a buddy comedy. Let's do another buddy comedy. Um, so they teamed up Allers with a uh, – they brought in another – he was originally sole uh, director, which was something they didn't typically do in these movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they usually have two directors. So they brought in another one whose name was Mark Dindle. Yes. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, that's he was, what they bring in. He had worked on a movie called – he'd recently done a movie called Cats Don't Dance, which had recently popped up on the Facebook page. And I said, well, we'll never do it because it's about cats, and we all know my opinion on cats. <laughs> but maybe we'll do it now because one of the things I said, it was, it was a very funny – it felt like an old – uh, musical and like this is the most I've ever heard about Cats Don't Dance. It sounded interesting, but he was supposed to come in. He had worked at Disney for a while. He'd done the visual effects for a long time. Mm-hmm. He'd done it on Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, mm. Mickey's Christmas Carol, Great Mouse. So Detectives. he was connected with Disney. Yes. Yeah. He had left. He'd done Little Mermaid actually with under Roger Allers with Roger Allers. Okay. So uh, he came back and he was like, "Well, let's do all these funny scenes." And then what they found when they when they incorporate all these scenes was it was like very serious something something goofy comic scene very very serious serious goofy comic scene and they showed them to some test audiences and the audiences really connected with the funny they're like these are really funny you know they have a big thing because it's easy to have a reaction to comedy you laugh we know how to react to comedy yeah exactly reacting to like epic drama is like oh yes yes well and (laughs) everyone's gonna react a little bit Different right. too to a more complex storyline. Yeah. So 
eventually they start saying push it more in this direction and there's a lot of stuff from the writers the the animators were like it was weird because we had two different directions to go in so eventually Allers leaves he says yeah. oh, this isn't going to happen the way i want it to so i'm going to go ahead and leave and Disney, because he was like, I want a six-month extension. They're like, no. And then he leaves, and ironically, they give Mark Dindle a six-month extension. And while they're trying to figure stuff out, a lot of those animators go and they work on uh, Fantasia 2000's Rhapsody in Blue. Am uh-huh. I taking a ton of your stuff? Like, no, you're not taking any of my stuff. I'm just kind of glancing okay. at stuff. They're, they go work on Rhapsody in Blue. Um and Andreas Deja says, I don't want to work on Yzma anymore. And he goes and works on Lilo for Lilo and Stitch, huh. which we will go into. Lilo and Stitch becomes a very big hit for them. But we'll go into that yeah. in a little bit. Um, they lose the epic, the musical, the romance. And six months later, they bring everyone back in and they start up again on what's the new one. And it comes and goes very quickly. They actually switch it with Dinosaur. Dinosaur gets pushed up to the summer. So Dinosaur has to push harder. And it gets moved back to like the... It was December, December when this yeah, one came yeah, yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing when you were saying about they didn't want to give a six-month extension, then they turned around and did that, there was something similar with that opening song. They wanted to Sting to sing the opening number, and he said he's too old. So they got Tom Jones, and Tom Jones 11. is yeah, 11 years yeah. older than Sting. He so said, I, was, I want someone younger than me. And they go, yes. how about Tom Jones? He's like, no. Yeah, so and that's... Yeah. The other thing that happened is uh, with Sting is, did you hear? Did you know the thing about the end of the movie? I don't think so. No. So the original ending was Cusco gets everything and then goes, okay, you're right. I'm not going to build Cusco Mania or whatever it's called. Cus- what's it called? Cusconia. I don't remember yeah, now. It's I can picture what it looks yeah, like. He, yeah, Cusco Land. He yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to build Cusco Land here. I'll build it one uh, hill Ma- yeah, over. Yeah, one hill over. Yeah. And then. Well, that's not how it ends. Yeah. Like, they goes, I'll be hill, and there's a huge, the, the whole amusement park's there, and he invites everyone over, and they go on the water slide, and Sting wrote this big note to the whole company that said, this is inappropriate, you can't do this, Cusco's learned nothing from this experience, I, I have spent 20 years fighting for the rights of indigenous people, and you can't have it end by, he's still going to bulldoze part of their land and just build something there. Good for and Sting! And so, that's why he is now just, has a little house next to... Pacha and they they go and they just swim like that's all stuff that they wanted to do but they're like well we won't make it a water slide we'll make it just the river nearby well good for somebody standing up for Disney because nobody did that with Pocahontas yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, I had a lot of thoughts of that about what we said with Pocahontas about this feels like I mean for one they're doing something with Incan culture which is a culture that is ancient and doesn't exist anymore yeah like you know there's different stuff there but at the same time like they said it, and it's all an Incan culture, and it's all like kind of, you know, what we talked about with Pocahontas about maybe they should have done something more from the folklore of those people than the Versus actual like history. The actual yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and because yeah. they didn't portray the actual story correctly. Right. Uh, well, and speaking of kind of the Incas, I do have just a couple of facts on that. I read that Cusco was named after an ancient capital of mm-hmm. the Incas, but it was spelled C U Z C O instead of with the K which is how his name is spelled in the Disney film. And the city still exists in the Andes Mountains in southern Peru. Oh, nice. So I found that kind of interesting. Uh, and then I've got another Pacha's name means earth in, Inc- yes. in Inking language. So mm-hmm. I read that as well. So those were kind of two connecting things. Did All- you read about what uh, Pacha's wife's name is? Chicha? No, I did not. So Chicha, the first pregnant woman, yes, woman in Disney that. animation. Yeah. Uh, Chicha is a South American like 
drink. It's like a it's it's a old like distilled oh, okay, alcoholic drink. One. You know chicha? Yes. It's like a weird corn drink. Yeah, that's it's traditionally you chew the corn. Oh, and then interesting. You spit it, it back into the um, into the drink. Vessel. Oh, and oh, then yes. that distills, and then you drink that later. But it's all the women sit around and chew corn. Your saliva is what breaks down the um, corn. Oh my goodness! So each person just chews it, and they just kind of spit it into a bucket, add some water, and let that ferment. Now, how wow. do you know about this? Because I have a feeling I might be the same way I know about this. Is it Dogfish Head? Yes, it was a <laughs> the guy from Dogfish Head. He had that that show for like a cup of coffee hot second yeah where it was like six episodes where he did a show about brewing beer and he went yeah. down there and did that that's really i knew cool. dogfish head is a is a, is an ale house there's an ale house in gaithersburg where we used to live and i think that's the one time andrew and i have I met say, in that's person the one time we have met that is in yes. person <laughs> yes yeah and dogfish head yeah just a few years ago i went to the great american beer festival with steve oh yeah and um they Trumpet had steve? their yes. chicha Yes, Trumpet Steve. And Dogfish Head had their chicha on display there. They remade it. Oh, wow. And so I actually tried it over there. How was it? Kind of like a weak sour. Yeah. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. I have uh, just a, another fact talking about when you said that Disney had the rights to that documentary. Yes. Disney also took the rights of something else, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, and I don't know that I'm going to say his last name right. Patrick Warburton. 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 I knew I wasn't going to say that right. Patrick Warburton improvised when Kronk hummed his own theme song when he's carrying Cusco in the bag towards the beginning when he kidnaps him. Disney's legal department had him sign the rights to the humming composition <laughs> over to them, which I just thought was so wild. I mean, it makes sense, no, that sounds I guess. right. That tracks. Yeah, it totally tracks. But I was like, oh, man. David Spade has a low blood sugar joke in the movie and apparently yes. has low blood sugar issues in real life. So I read a fact that said he was diabetic, but I could not confirm that anywhere else. Low? So I don't think that is true. And I know low blood sugar doesn't mean you're diabetic. No. But yeah, I read yeah. a specific fact that said David Spade is diabetic, but be. then I couldn't confirm it anywhere else. So I don't know that that's accurate. Uh Andrew, have you ever seen the Kronk, Cusco, or Ismo? Ismo. Isma's brother, Isma. Uh, Isma uh, walk around characters. I've seen Isma around once or twice, and I think Kronk was usually with her. They come out for the villains the stuff, Halloween probably. Stuff, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They were in. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it, but the one like big villain show where they included a lot of different villains. Yep. Yeah. And now I can't remember what it was, but. Uh, did either of you guys play the PS, the PlayStation One? emperor's new groove game no i didn't know it existed it included no, a part that. where it's a first person llama spitting oh my uh, gosh level. i love that <laughs> where you're spitting i things. love that so much uh i just have a couple things to look out for uh when we're watching the movie i read something that when the pieces of the bridge fall in the river apparently the letters of the word <laughs> can be seen falling well, now oh, you have you to have spell to, it out because i have to quack, you have that, to quack that out, that out. The letters D-A-M-N yes, are apparently go. spelled out. So that's something to look for. Uh, in the because when, when they hear it and they hear the quack, they'll be like, oh my God, what does it spell? Yeah, what it's does very it spell innocuous. Yeah. Uh, in the dinner scene, when Kronk lights candles, the holder, the candle holder, it's a small figure. That apparently was a character from the early yes, version. that was the little Inca guy that ran around, voiced by Harvey Firestein. Yeah, and he was the advisor to the emperor, I think. Yes. 
Uh, it was just you know, where he's like, oh, don't listen to me. And he I does the whole Harvey Firestein voice. Oh, and then I have one more, th- one more thing to look out for and then some hidden Mickeys too. But three of the animals that Cusco turns into, it turns into a llama, a parrot, and a whale. Those are all toys when he was a baby. So when he's a baby oh. for us to look out for there. And then some of the hidden Mickeys that are mentioned here. Are now, sometimes- I saw these hidden Mickeys and I've, I've seen better hidden Mickeys. That's what I'm yes. saying. Oh, so you looked them up? In the video, I said, like, show them as it talked about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes, I feel like sometimes these hidden Mickeys... Are a real stretch. Are clear. And sometimes, yeah, they're a big stretch. Yeah. this There's one that's in the bushes when Cusco is pulled from the water. Uh, there's one, it's Yzma's head and her earrings, because I guess she's upside down at some point. Mm. Uh, and then there's one scene in the plates of food that Cusco is being served. So these, I think, are stretched. There's those I've Mickey's. seen. There's one of... Th- Bless you. <laughs> Bless you, lady. Um, there's one where it's where Potch is making a fire. The smoke, like, as it's coming out, is a hidden Mickey. I'll post some more of them up. But yeah. They're, 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 this, I feel like now is when we're getting to the thing where, like, we're getting into, like, that there's a lot of Disney fans who are working for Disney. And I think there might be, you know, now that they know that there's that pause culture, like, they could put more. Oh, I think yeah. I think we're in the 21st century, we're going to see more hidden Mickeys. Uh, that could be true, yeah. The, uh... The other thing I wanted to mention here is the final film. This was the final animated feature film to be made and released before Best Animated Feature existed huh. mm-hmm. at the Academy okay. Awards. So the first, yeah, the first um, movie to win the award in 2001 was Shrek. Oh, God. We're about so. to enter the the, Shre- the world of yep. Shrek. Yes. When Shrek shook cinema to its very <laughs> yes. core. So, uh, so I just found that interesting. This is kind of the last film that could not be included to be nominated for that award. And then just to talk about Yzma, the supervising animator of her, they um, he talked about Eartha Kitt. You just start watching her face and you just start seeing Eartha's face and expression and she gets you and you hope you can capture it. So I feel like you said they captured that originally. The original one looks exactly like her. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Eartha Kitt was quoted as saying, I adore her because she goes after what she wants. Yeah. Which I thought was very cool. Have either of you seen Kronk's New Groove? Yes. I we rented it in high school. I can't remember. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Seriously? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I remember it being better than zero percent, but I don't remember. I don't remember too much about it, but we did rent it. To watch it to see if it was any good. Well, and and you liked it. I think I did. I I am like enough, easy you put going enough time. Put enough time past it, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like like I said, I also my memory is like not great. So this also got turned into a show called uh, The Emperor's New School, which was all about Cusco had to finish his degree before he could actually become emperor which sounds like billy madison to me a little bit yeah, yeah. the royal version of billy madison <laughs> yeah, yeah so but um for the for cronks everyone came back for the voice for emperor's new school everyone came back except for david spade eartha kit won some uh anim- some emmys for voicing oh that character on that show that's great yeah. good for her well, I think uh, that's enough delaying. I think now's the time to get the uh, VHS out of the clamshell, stick it in the VCR. All right. See you on the other side, listeners.
Okay, guys, we're back. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on record and say I like that movie. I, I feel like Tara, Tara made a comment when we were coming up that I sounded like I was against it. I want to make sure people understand. I think what I was trying to say was Teenage Ryan was like, this movie for kids. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't you know. you too cool for it. Which is funny because I feel like, and I said this during the thing, this feels like Disney is trying to do Warner Brothers. This is a Warner Brothers cartoon as made by Disney that takes place in Incan, ancient Incan Empire. I mean, you're not wrong, though. That really is a good description of the feel, especially when you get into that third act. Yeah, yeah. because I don't think they, they, they're they really treating Yzma as a like Wile E. Coyote character, which I think was a little weird for me because I think... She's an older woman, so to me, I was like, oh, that poor old woman as she's getting, like, thrown into Yeah, things. but then look at how nimble she was when she went and jumped rope with... <laughs> yes, she's a cartoon, <laughs> yeah. and they treat her that way, but I think I, I had some, like, I had some real issues with that, and then the way they they portrayed her, like, remember when I said, like, look at her spine, her spine was real yeah. rickety, and she's, I think like, that, like, adds to how good her design is, which we'll get <laughs> into kinda, later. It kind of gave her a little bit of go away to me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, what did you guys think? I mean, I know both of you said you liked it going into it. Yeah, I was just as good as I remember it. I mean, I was laughing throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I There are some lines I definitely remembered and quoted, and yeah, I loved it. Yeah, both of you guys were quoting lines. Yeah, yeah. it was hard not to. It is. I still agree. I, um, I see. I came from it from the exact opposite, I think, of you, where this was the one where you were too cool for school when you saw it. This was the first one where I saw something coming back out of, you know, just thinking things were cringe because I was a stupid teenager and still was. But we came into this and I don't know, it was just a lot more fun than other things they've done. I yeah, th- I think I thought it was a little and it is it's very anachronistic in its descriptions of stuff like there's a scene where the kids flat out buffering the floor to make. Yeah, uh, a slip, but that yeah. feels more cartoony. I I don't know. I think with the 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 aspect of time, it feels less like. Because I saw it after Shrek, and Shrek is kind of that line for me where cartoons start being like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna throw Smash Mouth into this because Smash Mouth is something the kids like." Like, yeah. I yeah. thought of this as one of those movies where it's like, "Hey, kids, hey, you kid, you like hula hoops? You like video games? We're gonna throw it in your movies. You're gonna love it." Like, that's, yeah. That, and it, this doesn't feel like that, but I felt like it could have been. I see. Yeah. I, I guess I see that point. I mean, it wasn't that. Yes. But... I think that's what I thought it was when I yeah. was a kid, when mm-hmm. I was younger. And I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I what I could tell you is now I really liked it. There's parts of it that like I, 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 you, you saw. I legitimately laughed out loud mm-hmm. like a few yeah. times. And yeah. That stuff. Th- there's that like the the like the third part of four where i just don't remember like them from the diner to getting back to the castle i don't really remember very well mm-hmm. i don't know then that was fun for me because there's a lot of there's a lot of meta stuff in this absolutely i also think this had yeah like it felt like deadpool in a lot of ways yeah. <laughs> like where like deadpool's like talking to like like cusco's talking to the audience and then cusco the narrator has a different journey than cusco the character yes. does like cusco the narrator doesn't learn anything but cusco the character actually does mm-hmm. i just thought that was interesting and the part with the map where they're like looking down and their lines are showing yeah it abs- and you know by all rights it just doesn't make sense how we got here yeah. Yeah, like they're they're I just love like, that they call that out. Yeah, and... they're like, don't worry about it. Like here yeah. we are at the finale and we needed to get to the finale. I feel like I was actually reading or 
watching the documentary and reading up on a little bit of the troubles with it, it's surprising going back at how cohesive the movie actually is. Like, mm -hmm. reading up on it, I was like, is this going to really feel, because I haven't seen it, it's been a few years now, it's like, is this going to feel like it was designed by committee? Because mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff in the story was. Yeah, but I th I think that also, like, I think Mike Derndle or whatever, I forgot his name already, the, 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 the second director, like, kind of coming in had an idea of what they wanted out of it, too. So I think he was able to have a focused vision. Mark. Mark. Uh, Dindle. Dindle. Yeah. I think Mar I think he had a similar vision that what the executives expected. There was that one part where they did the lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my joke, which you saw. You saw this too. I read Th this. That yeah. was apparently a producer was like, put that joke in there, and like everyone hated it. It was like, no, and he's like, no, I'm I'm the producer. Put it in here. And they're like, fine. I, yeah, and I and it absolutely come across that in real life as well. Oh yeah, uh, we can't really talk about a lot of these stories, but. Uh, Andrew and I were sharing a lot of creative production stories of this kind of stuff that happens. Um, but Tara, do you want to start from the beginning? We'll go well, through. Yeah, and I don't know if we want to, um, you know, segue into that. But Andrew was talking a little bit about the beginning, about watching oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. documentary and about how happy they were going into that review of the executives yeah. and then what happened. I don't know if you want no, to relay that a little bit. There's, it's the very beginning of the documentary. They've got Sting and they're talking about making the movie. And a lot of his stuff from the beginning is he's going on that um, he's basically writing songs based on discussions he's half hearing. Nobody's given him any real direction. It's just like, you're Sting. You're going to make this work. That's great. But then they get about 25% of the movie all storyboarded and pulled up and they're walking into their review and like they're interviewing all the people in this documentary and they're like, oh, this is going to be great. I mean, I've been to these before. It's. They're always rough. You always go in and you're going to have to hear, they're going to look at something and it's going to be one of your favorite parts. And they're going to go, that part doesn't work for me. And you have to kill your darlings. But um, it's going to be fine. And then literally like two seconds later, the next scene is, so we walked in and they just said no. <laughs> they watched all the stuff we had. Yeah. And they said, no, start from the beginning. You have one year. Which is so wild. That's crazy. And something that happens more often than not. I think there people probably have more stories than you hear about. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Or that then you're allowed to share, I guess, is the other. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Because two out of the three people on this podcast had those stories. We're like, here's a couple stories yes. we have kind uh -huh. of like that. We can't talk about them on the yeah. air. So. so, I yeah, I agree that it is amazing how not only how cohesive it is, but I think I think it's a pretty solid movie. And when you think and hear and read about everything that it went through to get up into this point, it is surprising that it was even made at all. Oh, right. To be right, honest. Yeah. For some reason, I remembered it like being pushed back years and years. Like I thought it was way like it was. Well, it started in '94. Now, granted, that was a completely different. Well, they idea, had it, but... but they had it on the schedule for 2000. I mean, like '94 oh, okay. to me means maybe the original shot was '98. Like Got it took it. like a while for these things to get made. Right. But like at one point, it was on the schedule for 2000 summer, and they just went, "All right, we're gonna push it back six months." I'm like, "That's that's crazy." I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a testament to the the process being you know, fine-tuned at this point that they could do something faster, so. Yeah. Weirdly enough, what I kept coming back to in my head of what this reminds me of is Jaws. <laughs> I know, that's a yeah. weird one, but I remember watching a, um interview with Spielberg where he was going on that um, the movie they were making 
is not nearly as good as the movie they made. That all of the issues in production and all of the things that the shark couldn't do. Yeah. Rewrote how they did the entire movie. And they were basically saying the movie that they had made or the movie that they were writing ended up would have felt really cheesy four years later. But Jaws still holds up just for how together it is. And I mean, this this is Disney's like big cult movie. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, you talk about like Black Cauldron. I think Black Cauldron's more of an oddity because of how bad it did. But you actually watch it. It's not that great a right. movie. Like this didn't perform as expected. It had like a big you know, the big DVD sales. And I think you watch it and it's a good movie. It may not be the movie you, you know, expect from Disney all the time, but it's a solid entry. I, and I don't and mean I think to... it's a big flex for them because they are doing, it's a little bit Hercules, but they push yeah. it, right? Yeah. They, they push the, the comedic bit and the lens and, you know, like we talked earlier with the narrator and stopping the movie and also starting the movie from the middle. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we kind of get started. In like media they, res is uh, what that is. That what that's yes. called? Uh, well, thank you. Mm, my film minor <laughs> is yes. coming out. Uh, so that's where we'll start. Is it opens long ago somewhere deep in the jungle, which you, is a Star Wars reference. Oh yeah, <laughs> it really looks like long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's a voiceover, and we're in the middle of the movie. You know, we as a viewer don't know that quite yet, but we catch on pretty quick. And so then. Uh, the narrator, who's Cusco, has you go back a ways and you rewind and you go back to when he's a baby. Uh, and then we do kind of the Tom Jones montage, that opening song. And we basically just find out how spoiled and arrogant Cusco is. He's very self-absorbed, very rude, very like just cruel to people and completely oblivious. He really, truly thinks everyone loves him and that he's amazing. Uh, and that's not always the case and then there's that one bit where he throws off the emperor's groove i feel like that's like a thing that's quoted all the time Mm -hmm. the groove the groove and that's i forgot the name of the actor but that's piglet's voice and this is the first time he's uh voiced a human in a disney movie yeah which is exciting it goes to choose your bride and we see how negative he is about each woman that's put in front of him that was a scene that was toned back because apparently he was oh really yeah he was like like, did David Spade improvise on that? I or? don't know if he did or if it was... They didn't say that. I think there were lines and they had him go back and go, yikes, 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 instead of, instead of like, you're too fat, you're too this, oh, like so blah, blah, blah. Like they, which is good. I still think the scene is kind of feels out of place, especially in a movie that doesn't have a ton of female character agency. I think they're just trying to show like how... Yeah, I self-absorbed think, well, he is. They're trying but, to make him a villain. Right. He's yeah. a ba- He sucks at the beginning exactly. of this movie. Yeah. And so... Pacha comes to the palace and he helps the old man down. And this is where the beware of the groove happens. Well, I think Pacha at this moment, I yes. love Pacha. Like coming out I of this do movie, too. he also, might be my John favorite Goodman character. John Goodman is the voice of Pacha. I don't think we mentioned that at yes. the top. Mostly because they went, so they decided instead of having like two guys the same age, they made him, they aged him up. So it would be kind of a different dynamic, made him a family man. And that's probably why I like him now because he's a kind of a, uh, overweight uh, middle aged man. <laughs> and I'm like seeing my near future. Uh, but he comes to the palace. He really has no idea why he's there. He's been summoned. And then it cuts to Yzma and Kronk. So this is where we meet them. And 
she's the emperor's advisor and she's essentially just trying to run things behind his back. She's sitting on the throne. She's, you know, and she's not she's much better. She's even more Jafari than Jafar at this point. Yeah. Like she's running things. Yeah. And he comes up on her. Well, wait, do we want to bring up my revelation here? Because this is where they talk about how Kronk, this is her right-hand man that they she gets a new one every, every, decade. every decade or so. Yeah. So, uh... Send your kids away if you don't want to explain this term to them. But uh, is Kronk an F boy? Is Kronk uh, <laughs> is is Kronk there for his good looks? And you know, he's not there for his smarts. No, yeah. he's there for his good looks. He's there for his strength. I mm. would imagine. Uh, yeah, definitely not his smarts. So I would say, yeah, maybe he's keeping her company yeah. in more ways than yeah. one. <laughs> okay. Just, uh, just uh, we'll we'll put it to the uh, a vote on Facebook. Is Kronk an F boy? <laughs> all right. So as this is all happening, uh, Cusco comes up on her and basically fires her, and he gives this whole long drawn out speech of, you know, why she's fired, and gives like eight different ways to say you're fired. I gotta say, this is uh, made me feel a little sympathy for Yzma at this point. It's hard for older, elder people to find jobs, to get a, you know? to get another she job. she put in the time. I know, and she's this, been she's been the advisor for many, many years. They needed an HR department in uh, ancient Incan <laughs> time is what I'm saying. Uh, so we go back to Pacha, and they he realizes that there's a whole model of his village, and the families lived there for the last six generations. And we find out that Cusco wants to build Cusco-topia, his summer house, as a birthday gift to him on his land. And the town will be destroyed. And I love that even here, Pacha tries to speak up. I, like, he doesn't, because we see other townspeople come in with a grievance to Cusco. And whatever Cusco says goes, because he's the ruler. But Pacha doesn't really take his answer. He kind of pushes back and then the guards have to send him away. So I like that we see him standing up for his town kind of and for his family from the beginning, standing up for the village. And then we cut back to Yzma, who's smashing busts of Cusco's head, which (laughs) I love. That's a really good um, visual scene because I like that Kronk is like turning the heads to. Yeah, and a little to the left. She has a move once. It's it's a really good. There's a lot of physical bits in this where I might mention them, but it's hard to describe them like. Just go watch the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, But they're talking about getting rid of Cusco. And this is where another very famous quote, pull the lever. Wrong lever. I don't even have that lever. Exactly. And so that happens. And then they're in the roller coaster. And I love when they're in the lab coats. I love them in the lab coats and the goggles and the gloves. And this is where kind of the master plan takes place. She has like this whole plan. We'll put something in a box and we'll leave the box at the steps. And then she comes to... The poison to get rid of Cusco. Wait, which poison so was it? Cusco's it? poison. Oh, Cusco's poison. The poison, the poison for, Cusco. for Cusco. Ah, yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, so it cuts to the dinner party. There's so many good lines to quote in this film. But it cuts to the dinner party and Kronk tries to serve the drink and his spinach puffs smell like they might be burning. So he rushes away and when he comes back, he can't remember which one he put the poison in. Again, this is a whole good physical bit with the way he turns the... The drinks are almost on like a Lazy Susan kind of a thing, mm-hmm. like the way he turns them. Uh, he doesn't remember which one has the poison. He mixes them all together. And then I love when he's trying to tell Yzma to not drink the poison. And then he drinks it and it just falls down his shoulder. 
so if when she pours it into the bush, I forgot to point this out, but if you look at the when it comes back to the bush, the bush looks like a llama. I looked at it. I didn't really see it like a llama, but I read that too. I'll, I'll send the picture. I've seen the picture. Have you seen yeah, the still? Yeah. It might just happen quick. but It just looks like there's like a bend at the top and a little bud that looks like an eye. Yeah, like. but there are llama sightings throughout this film. In the very beginning when Cusco's brushing his hair, it's a gold llama comb. So llamas come back and forth throughout. Well, I feel like they're a big part of the culture and in that area like or the land well at least, at least in pacha's village which we find out that he grows all the crops mm-hmm. for the for the palace so uh he drinks the drink and passes out they think he's dead and then he wakes he kind of like comes to and starts changing as a llama slowly which i think that's another really great comedic bit that he doesn't change into a llama right away. It's like first his ears, then it's his neck, and it like keeps going from there, and he has no idea he's changed. And this is another physical bit where Yzma's trying to tell Kronk to hit him on the head, and she's got the broccoli. Mm-hmm. Hit him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what she meant at first. I was like, why is she doing that with her broccoli? Oh, she's yeah. like, plump, plump. I'm like, that's weird. And so uh, who is it who wants dessert? Is it... Is it Kronk who he's really disappointed? He's really disappointed. He's, dis- he's disappointed yeah. they're not going to be able to eat. And then he's like, well, maybe just dessert. And she's like, well, yes, we have time for dessert. And he's like, coffee. He's like, okay, a coffee. A cup of coffee. And then, yeah, send him. So this is the theme song where he's humming the theme song. He's got Cusco in the bag. Could, could either of you guys do that theme song? Like, it's not as enough of a tune to be rememberable. Like Only the part where he pauses and he's like, like, uh, like where he doesn't think they can see him, but the they totally can. And the two are looking right at him, and then the, like, statues behind him are, like, pointing at where he was. Like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. So he throws him into the water, which is this giant waterfall that comes out of the palace, and this is where we first see the angel and the devil on his shoulders. This is where we realize that Kronk is a bad henchman. He is a bad henchman. He's a henchman with a conscience. Yes. That's a bad henchman. (laughs) Or just a crazy person. Yeah, either one. Because we do find out later that no one else can see the angel and the devil but Kronk. Right. We see that And it's not that it happens in like instant time. He has a real time conversation with him. Yes, yes. Do you know what that reminds me of, which is totally inappropriate, but do you remember uh, Jay and Silent Bob where like... One a devil pops up and tells him to do something, and then another one pops up and he's like, "Bet you thought this is where the angel's supposed to yep. show up." Oh yeah, <laughs> and then the angel finally shows up and he's like, "Beat up." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're the angels making him feel bad for doing it, and at the last moment he saves Cusco, and he winds up kind of falling down all of these stairs trying to figure out what to do with Cusco. Pacha's headed home at the same time. The bag lands on Pacha's cart, and. Kronk loses him in the crowd mm-hmm. in kind of the marketplace area, I guess you'd call it. So it's a very, can we talk about how long that walk was that Cusco summoned him? It just shows how, what a jerk Cusco is that he summons Pacha for that oh, one question. Say, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. his way home is so long. We see him go home. Um, well, it's, it's not as long if the bridge isn't out. That's true. Yes. We find that out later. And we see his wife and kids who are amazing. I love the family so much. The family unit is so good. Well, they're more realistic without, they're not, you know, it's not like a perfect family. Like they're kind of annoying. Like they're all very, 
likable, but it's not just like, father, you're home. I love, we've missed you so much. Oh, it's me, your wife. Like the wife has a personality. Right. The kids have a personality. Yeah. They're like fully realized people. Yes. Even though they're all like, you know, it's it's not like at all dysfunctional. It's not super real, but it is more like their character. They're not just props. They're characters. Well, and I think there is some realness to like waiting up before you go to bed to see your dad come home, like yeah. stuff like that. And then the little girl, I love when she's sucking her tooth in and out. Look at my loose tooth. Right. I'm, I... <laughs> Must have looked away for that moment. I know you don't like because teeth stuff I forgot. Anyway. I, I somehow missed it this time, but I remember that as soon as you said it, <laughs> having like I said, like looked up, looked away, looked at my phone, whatever. Like I remember the scene from the first time I saw this because uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't mind tooth stuff. I don't like tooth stuff in Disney. I, things yeah, apparently, apparently well, not. I'm gonna jump in here real quick with with this, just because this was a part in the documentary that I thought was very entertaining. And they've got yeah. two executives sitting on the on one of the reviews on they're on round five or six of writing out stories, trying to give them something they want. And they have one of this executive who's like, OK, well, wait, wait, wait. do you want me to play the part of because it because point at me when you want me to say what the other okay, guy that'll said be great. so we can do this. He's like, <laughs> um, what I really like about this is we have the family and you have the family and the family really gives um gives him a grounding point. It really gives him a way to um, show that we're going to come back to this and really grow as a person. And I don't like the family. Well, we don't like the family. So the thing is, is that <laughs> it was just so funny. It's just like the other guy's just like, I didn't like it. And he's just 100% right behind him. Like, no, none of us liked it. So, and I, if you've worked in one of these environments, I can see that first guy, the guy you were playing so well in my head of just like being so excited well, about that you know, part. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Just yeah. so excited. Like oh, he made the, the mistake he made in his mind in that scene was to let his own opinion be known, not the like, not not the backing down part. Like when he went home that night and thought about it, he's like, oh, I shouldn't have let them know that I like the family. Yep. Like even for a second, I should have listened to. Whoever. I should have just not spoken and wait wait until they gave their opinion, yeah. I think that's hilarious and yeah. wild at the same time. And uh, again, there are people in creative industries listening to this right now going, yep, yep, got it. Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> who those people are. Uh, and so at this point, Pacha lies to his wife, you know, and just says, oh, he couldn't see me. And she gets all fiery and up in arms. His wife, played by Wendy Malick, who is actually, you may not remember this actress, but she was on Just Shoot Me, which was like the big David Spade I was going to say, yeah, with David Spade. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you do remember Wendy Malick? Yeah, yeah, I know she is. So uh, this is where Cusco stops the film. Ed, the narrator, <laughs> stops the film and says, remember, this is a story about me, circles the llama in the bag, not him, and like scribbles out which, Pacha. Which feels like an executive note. It feels like they did that directly from the we don't like the family it was like, well, we're going to keep this family scene in, but we want to remind you it's about Cusco. That does. That actually does feel like someone said, no, no. Okay, but make my point, too. Make my point, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then this is where Pacha comes across Cusco for the first time as a llama, and he calls him a demon llama because he starts talking, and then Cusco sees the other llama and thinks that's who he's talking about. And again, a whole physical bit. Cusco doesn't realize he's a llama at this point. And they, do llamas have underbites like that? I feel like I don't they, know. I don't, I don't know. know much about llamas. Are you they gonna look spit. it up? Look out! They spit. They do spit. Uh, but they all freak out. He has no idea he's changed. And then 
Pacha has him look down at his hands and then he throws this huge tantrum because he starts whining and is upset that he's now been changed into a llama. I love that bit. That bit is so simple. Like, I feel like they sat around. It feels like the easy, like, how are you, how are we going to have him do this? Oh, well, we could have him look into this and this goes, uh, just do this. (laughs) Yeah. So all the pictures of llamas, I put llama underbite and there's like so many pictures of them. Okay. So the answer is yes. But I do want to say as I, as I typed that the first Google uh, autocorrect was llama underwear, which I'm going to look up now and we may not talk about. It's probably just little llamas, like the, like little llamas on underwear. Or it's crocheted. It's actually yeah. really cute, but it's like yeah, llama, I feel like I have a llama koozie. Well, it's 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 <laughs> okay. So I'm going to show you the picture, and then I'm going to show you the picture on the model. The picture by itself looks cute. The picture on the model looks a little upsetting. So there's there's the picture. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That that's what I pictured. Okay, yeah. And then here it is on the model. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> This is very beefy man with a llama right on his. So instead uh, of tiny crotch. little llamas as a print, it's one giant llama face. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Sorry. All right. No worries. So this is where Pacha starts to negotiate. He's like, you know, I will take you back to the palace, but you have to build your summer home somewhere else. And then it cuts to, I think it cuts back to what's his name alone doesn't he it he goes no yeah because he goes he no that's what it jungle. is yeah so he and runs this off is, this is the whole scene where like he throws it at the squirrel the squirrel is like i would like to give you an acorn and he yes. like throws it at him like it's just too mean and then the squirrel he falls in with the jaguars and the jaguars are all asleep and the squirrel reappears oh that's yes sorry i was does, interpreting my notes <laughs> the squirrel reappears <laughs> and pulls an, a balloon out and blows a balloon and makes a llama and has a pin and, and, and pops has, it. Yeah, and he's like, and I just remember that very distinctly because this squirrel's like, I like it's so funny yeah. how he does it. And that's really the squirrel was put in like I read something. I wish I took take this note down, but the squirrel was like, they wrote him in as a joke or not as a joke, but like, well, we could do something like this, and everyone loved him, and they kept putting the squirrel. And the back squirrel's in. great, and the the callback to him coming mm-hmm. back and like mm-hmm. interacting with Kronk and Isma, so good later on. Yes. But he pops it. They don't wake up, and then Cusco laughs at him. Yeah, but it's really loud. He's like, "Ha!" And then that's how they all wake up, and then they all chase him out to the edge of a cliff, and then we hear Pacha with a Tarzan yell. Yes, comes swinging in to save him. I just want to point out that I won the uh, best you did? Tarzan. Who yell. voted? How I many there's a people, few people voted, who voted for and you? I saw my name was. Well, we can double check real quick. Okay. We did a uh, Facebook poll because on the Tarzan episode, which just came out, we all tried to Tarzan yell. Mine was awful. I'm not surprised I didn't win. I thought yours was great. Everything (laughs) you do is perfect. (laughs) Well answered. Well answered. Yes. So I I have a memory from Disney um, from being in the parks when I was much, much younger and getting stuck on the great movie ride. Oh, no. Was it at the George... (laughs) The Tarzan part? It is not at the... It kind of was. I think it was just before it. But um, I remember the guy just kind of vamping, trying to wait for the um, vehicles to get moving again. And convincing me to try to do a Tarzan yell. Ah! And it just being the worst, weakest thing I've ever done in my life. 
Well, and just on the spot like that, like in a group of strangers, like it's yeah. a lot of pressure. Listen, we all felt a lot of pressure, and it was the three of us. And it was, around. and we know we knew that we know the guest very well. Like it's somebody who we hang out with somewhat regularly. <laughs> Brie won, by the way. She did. Yes. Hers was good. So they wind up. He swings. He misses him. Then he catches him. But then the rope wraps around this giant tree branch slash tree trunk. And they're both tied to the tree. And then that snaps. They fall into the water. And they're in this rushing water. And I love this whole back and forth, too, where Potch is like, oh, no. And Goose goes like, giant waterfall? Yep. (laughs) Sharp rocks at the bottom? Yep. Bring it on. (laughs) I love it. And then they fall into the water. Cusco's passed out. Pacha goes to give him mouth to mouth. And then he wakes up, of course, right as that's happening. Yes, I like the the, phys- the the physicality of that scene where he like, opens his mouth and then the tongue like... Just like falls just- out. Yeah. yeah, there's so many good bits. And then he calls it the kiss of life. And I then think. it immediately so pans to him gargling. Yes. And so then they're trying to get warm. They're wet. It's dark now. Pacha tries to light a fire several times. The first time Cusco shakes and the water that he shakes off puts out the fire. Then Pacha's, I guess, is it a poncho? What would it's, you call? It's a poncho. It's a poncho. Because I thought his name was Poncho for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. Think. So his green poncho is hanging to dry. Cusco uses that to dry himself off and then throws that and that smothers the fire again. Yes. He also spits on it. Yes. Did it's, you did you know did you were you keyed in on the fire stuff because of all of our watching Survivor lately? We're like oh, fire probably, is important. Yeah, fire is so important. Um, but also just because it shows again how oblivious and unaware he is of others. Yes. Like it's all focused on him, and so you. This is another moment for them to really showcase. Yeah, that. they do a good job of really pushing the like. This is what the character is. Like, yeah. throughout something that is very cartoony and and. Wiley Coyote esque, you know. Yeah, and kind of the the contrast because then they kind of get into a fight. Cusco curls up. He's shivering in the middle of the night. Pacha's by the fire, and he gives him. Yeah, you know. So whereas Cusco's taking everything, Pacha's giving everything. I also like that he's not like a you know shiny armored knight type of character like it's not everything he does is like valiant and super brave he has to think about like he's like well if i let him go in the forest my problem is solved oh i can't let him die you know like yeah he's just a good person above all else yeah Yeah. and kindness i just feel like he has this gentleness and this kindness to him but i mean that's like not just him like you can tell he struggles with it a little yeah yeah and i and i like later when he's like the handshake means like this a little bit later after he he, when Cusco's cold, he puts something on Cusco's like, I'll, you know, I'll, I promise to do this. And he makes him shake. He makes him it. shake hands. I will say this. I did think they were going to cut to Cusco having like crossed his fingers. Behind I feel him. like I remembered that too. I was thinking a, the same uh, thing, but yeah, so I'm wondering, we'll, do we think we they cut man, it out or we do you think we just all, effect or whatever yeah, yeah. I think it's just such a shorthand in this scene and other cartoons that yeah. to show that he doesn't mean yeah, it. Yeah. 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 But then they just flip around and the, the other way is, but I don't have hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is also good. Uh, so then it cuts back to Yzma holding a memorial for Cusco. And I love this scene. I love the way she's dressed. I love that Kronk is sobbing. Kronk is in black as well. It's so good. Uh, and then everything changes to her face. So we see the palace. Everything's immediately changed. It's now all her. Kronk is nervous. And she realizes, she pushes him. And realizes, not physically pushes him, but is is like, 
keeps asking him, you killed him, right? You killed him. And she realizes mm. Cusco's still alive. So they have to go find him. And then this is where the kids wake up from a dream and they are dreaming about what actually happened to his dad falling in the river. And then the little girl's like, well, I had a dream that dad kissed a llama. Yeah. And I was like, are we just cool that these kids are oracles and no one's saying anything? I guess it is just the kids because I was going to say Kronk wakes up from a dream, but that's from something that actually happened. He's remembering something. Yeah, Yeah. So that is different. I don't know. What do you feel about it's that? It's just a weird... I mean, it's it's a funny little scene, but it's like... I, I'm surprised it made it into the movie because it's just... It's characters we're not really following. Yeah. It doesn't really... I don't remember having a point. It, it doesn't, but it's just kind of the absurdist um, jump yeah. over here and be random for 30 seconds, which fits yeah. in very much with what they were asking for, for people to make this movie out of. Yeah, okay. and I also, I, too, just a reminder of the family, right? Because they play a, a bigger role That's later on. They start doing small talk, Cusco trying to change his mind. This is where the handshake happens. Mm-hmm. And they go kind of back and forth. And uh, Pacha winds up falling. They're crossing the bridge. He's like, oh, it's only another hour to the to the palace. So we're close now. And he falls, gets tangled in these ropes from this bridge and falls and that's when Cusco turns on him. You'd think if this was such a uh, uh, an important thoroughfare, they would create a more structurally sound bridge there, right? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> to get across. Well, we find out there's another way to go. It just takes like four, 3 I'm times. I'm saying the difference between an hour and 4 days, like that could at that time in in civilization could like kill a, a village. Like that's it takes, a good you point. know. Yeah. So he falls, Cusco says he lied because he has no hands, and then walks away, and then the same thing happens to him. He falls, gets tangled up. And they both start punching each other back and forth as they're swinging. Uh, And again, very big physical comedy. Yes, I was just going to say, another physical comedy scene. And they wind up getting caught in between, would we call those two cliffs? Yeah, yeah, it's two sides of the cliff. Two sides of the cliff, and they fall, and there are all these alligators, crocodiles. Crocodiles. I looked up in South America. They're crocodiles. I'm always very concerned about who wear crocodiles. I'm always very (laughs) concerned about animals in Disney movies. And and how we portray them. Are they there? Mm -hmm. Yes. They have yet to, like, really... uh, Let you down? Let me down. I know the flamingos in Little Mermaid is probably the strangest one, because I don't think there's flamingos in Well, we looked it up. In Denmark, oh, not in Denmark, at, but we Denmark. looked up like other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Australia was one. Yeah, so they're caught in between these two sides of the cliffs, and this is where they have to trust one another and do teamwork and kind of push on one another to get up the cliffs. Mm-hmm. And so this it will be a callback later on as well. And I love that Cusco's head winds up getting stuck in this little hole in the cliff. All these scorpions come. And, like, fall on them, and it, it kind of makes them lose their groove of, like, going off the cliff. Then it, when his mouth is wait, stuck wait, wait. inside... They lost the groove? Uh, yes! <laughs> the groove! Uh, thank Where you for that. The groove! The groove. Uh, but when his, like, snout? Is that... Would a yeah, llama have so, a snout? Sure. Uh, when that's in the hole on the side of the cliff, it's all these bats, we find out. And they all fly in his mouth. And I guess the momentum of that swings them up onto the top of the cliff and they get up there so surprised. Well, they both just kind of sit there for a second and look at each other. They're like, can you believe that happened? Yeah, and then Cusco's dance. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, then the, the I love that starts dance. to break. And oh, that's Pacha what it is. And starts to fall yeah. and Cusco saves him and he's like, I did, he's more impressed that he did it. 
But then Pacha's like, you saved me. And he's like, I, he's like, I knew there was some good news. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm still. Yeah. So this is where we start to see his, his character turn a little right. bit. You see, you see that there's, there's, there's the, he has the ability to change. He just Yes. And yet. so Pacha is putting faith in the ability to change because at this point, Cusco is still like, I'm not changing my mind. I'm still going to build it. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll see. Like we've got four days now. And then we got to Yzma and Kronk in the jungle and she's in the mud. Loses her favorite pair of well, shoes. Well, first he's carrying her on her back, which yes. uh, Andrew showed us a picture. There's apparently <laughs> a a someone who does Disney marathons dressed as Kronk with the the thing on his back, which is very. Imp- I'm curious how heavy that is. I wonder. It must be made it's probably of probably light. Or yeah, something. it's probably because it looks like fabric. So whatever, maybe it's wire or something. Well, I guess maybe. it have to be a little sturdier than that. But but it's well, so she, we'll post I just like she goes Kronk, and he, on the phone he goes Kronk here. Like I don't yes. know why. <laughs> And we'll post that picture because it's really, really good. Uh, but she's in the mud. The squirrel shows up again. And she's rude to the squirrel, just like Cusco was rude to the squirrel. And then we realize that Kronk can talk to squirrels. He uh, was a junior chipmunk. Yes. And he, he had to learn how to speak to woodland creatures. Yes. Yeah, so he talks to more than just squirrels. But we only see him talk to squirrels in the film. And uh, he, the squirrel tells him about the talking llama. So again, this is kind of another physical bit where he makes her stand super far away so they can keep talking because the squirrel well, doesn't like her. The, I, I feel like that scene could have just been him talking to a squirrel, but they add like Yzma creeping in the background, like yes. trying to look at it, and it's which is very funny. It's very good, yeah. So then. Uh, they we cut back to Pacha and Cusco and they're at this diner that's supposed to be like a, a big, Bob's boy. big boy. Yeah. yeah. And they show up and they see the sign that says no Is it llamas. Bob's big boy? I think so. I think so. Because so. as soon as I say that feels wrong because I'm thinking Bob's burgers. I'm picturing it's in the Burbank. logo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. it's the it's a it's big boy. Yeah. yeah. And it's the 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 kind of like almost fallouty looking dude with Yes, a, yeah. With a burger. And like an apron. Yeah. Uh, and there's kind of that it's logo. it's holding like a dead iguana. Yeah. And there's that logo on the menu when we go inside. Yes. You see it on the menu. But they wind up dressing Cusco like a woman. Because it they... says no no llamas. Yes. Which is a very strange. Like how people are like, I just wanted to eat with my llama. Well, I mean, you we kind of established llamas are yes. prevalent. So I guess it would be like wanting to bring the dog into the restaurant, I guess. Uh, Maybe that's how we should dress Lady up as a as a woman and bring her next time we want to take her. Bring her into it when I want to take her into Target. Yes, put some lipstick on her. <laughs> so nothing nothing bothers Tara more than when she sees someone bring a small like a little tiny like purse in their dog purse into into a place, a place that doesn't allow dogs. Because she's <laughs> like, why can't I put Lady in my purse? And I Which, say it kind of loudly, and Ryan has to hush me. Yes. I'm like, we have a pit bull. I'd love to bring her. She, Tara does not get like. <laughs> loud and rude about like i know i'm like usually very, very nice often, to strangers but, does, but like, all right all right <laughs> yeah that's one that drives me nuts uh so they are telling everyone they're on their honeymoon they tell the waitress yes. they're on their honeymoon and what does the waitress say about i'm surprised you showed uh, your face or something how brave of you to oh, yes. be seen in public yes, or something that's yeah that's what it is so good she also does like mazel tov and throws the confetti <laughs> yeah so they order and they wind up ordering these pill bugs that you tap yes. them open and then you suck all the insides out which is weird i don't like i don't know why that's a thing in this movie like there's no indication that like peasants eat terrible food i don't know I, but it looked like a delicacy it looked like 
it was a special. It, what yeah, was well, the, they said it was the daily special. Yeah. I don't think that's a delicacy. Maybe like, delicacy when, is yeah, wrong. Yeah, but it's da- but... daily special. Like you have like the, you go to a place for a special, but it's not a delicacy. Yeah, that's right? a good point. So I'm gonna remember that next time. You be like, it's a delicacy. Next uh, time pizza, see. bagels, yeah. <laughs> cheesesteaks, all delicacies yes, of my homeland. Uh, so we find that Yzma and Kronk, they wind up sitting at the table next to Pacha, and Cusco goes in to talk to the chef. This is a whole other thing that I feel like I can't really explain. We can talk about like the beats we enjoyed from it, but it's such a good scene. Cusco, I'll just the thing I want to remember is Cusco goes in to complain to the chef, and the chef like, and then. Kronk goes in to do something and the to chef ask quits. If the chef won't do gravy and for then, Yzma. Yeah, and then the waitress is like, I want this, you know, I he, I need two plates of, of this, I need this with no bacon, this is this and Kronk is like it starts throwing out like diner stuff. He's like, Two anchors, no cheese. Yeah, he comes Turns back a with short into, into a gill. Got it. Yeah. Like and then like immediately becomes a good thing because I think the I think he owns the restaurant in Kronk's new groove. Like I think that's part of it like he oh he, he has a restaurant. gave it to yeah. him so yeah like or he works there or something because yeah. crocs new groove is about impressing his father or something i don't know i can't like i zero percent i can't tomatoes. remember who knows but there's this like these almost revolving doors there's a door in and a door out like yeah. there would be in this is any a very kitchen today. yeah and it's a very <laughs> very much like cusco's in then yzma's in then cusco's in then yzma's in and it's hilarious the yeah. whole back and forth and then they happens. both jump in and say the same line and then look both look yes. confused about having heard it twice and leave <laughs> yeah, and then they both leave, and then Pacha is still trying to get Cusco out of there without really explaining it. He's just like, we need to get out of there, because he overhears Kronk and Yzma say that they're coming to basically end Cusco. They're coming to kill Cusco. So he realizes, you know, Cusco thinks that they would be helpful, but they're not, is kind of what happens. Right. And that's why he's kind of urgent and not really explaining to Cusco why they have to leave, but I did feel you, like. did you... Ex- did, uh, I, sorry, I was distracted by our dog for a second. Did you explain how he gets? That was the next part. Would you like to share it? It's uh, great. Where he he does the he gets the restaurant to sing Happy Birthday, and the waitress is like, "Oh yeah, we do that all the time." And I like Kronk be like, "It's your birthday!" Oh, like, he's yeah, so he so genuinely thinks it's her birthday. She looks miserable he's so with that. His girlfriend. It's his girlfriend's birthday. <laughs> uh, his lover's birthday. I don't know that they're official. But... I think. I think she's Kronk's girlfriend, but Kronk is not her boyfriend. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Three or four years ago, we went to uh, Marrakesh in Epcot for my wife's mm-hmm. birthday, and they put a fez on her there for the whole meal. Ah, mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Um, I'm totally into all of those kinds of things. I think it's fun. So we c- so Yzma's miserable in her giant sombrero, and Potch is trying to explain that they're trying to kill him. Cusco doesn't believe him. He thinks he's lying to him. And he's like, forget it. I'm going home with them. And then he overhears Yzma and Cusco talking about it. And he realizes he really has no one. And Pacha has left. And he's alone. And this is where we catch up to where we saw him in the beginning of the movie, where he's kind of miserable in the rain. So then it cuts to, we mentioned this part earlier, but it cuts to Kronk and Yzma sleeping. She's got this giant tent and he's like under this little tent with his teddy bear sleeping and he wakes up from a dream and he's like, the peasant at the diner didn't pay his check. Like you think he's got it and he doesn't (laughs) and then he does it again and he does have it. He kind of puts it together uh, and puts it all together so they realize they have to go find the peasant's family Mm -hmm. and then they'll, they'll find Cusco. 
Cusco gets rejected by the llamas the next morning after the rain. He kind of just, he's so defeated, I guess he's just decided he's going to live out his days as a llama. And the llamas won't even talk to him, tries to eat grass, and it's miserable. And Andrew Sorry, pointed I out- I made a comment during that. Cusco eating the grass is the exact opposite feeling of Littlefoot eating the leaf in Land yeah, Before Yeah, eating time. the tree star. <laughs> yeah, the tree star. He makes that look as the most- delectable thing one will ever come across well and there's like little if i remember correctly it's been a while since i've seen it but there's like dew drops on the leaf yeah, and it just looks just like the like most section andrew's yeah. exact words were i never thought about eating a leaf before then <laughs> <laughs> I but then i thought maybe yeah but this grass looks awful oh gosh chunk he of dirt chunks of dirt it. at the end of it yeah uh, and then that's when you hear Pacha talking to the llamas and saying, well, I couldn't leave them alone. Yeah. And then they kind of reunite. They're excited to see one another. And he goes, we just have to stop at the house to get supplies. And then we'll be on our way to go back to the palace. And then we find these two guys in the village that are like, you just missed your relatives. They keep referring to Yzma as like scary beyond all belief or whatever. Yes. Is that what it is. And they ask, how would you describe yeah. her? And that's what they say. And so then it cuts to Yzma and Kronk. And Kronk's playing jump rope with the kids, which I love. He's like, totally thinks that they are his relatives. Like, he's kind of just yeah. come. What, Patrick Warburton referred to Kronk as a henchman who didn't realize he was supposed to be evil. Yeah, Like, he doesn't always much. know what's going on. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, He's I'll not in this. the know. See, he wasn't, he wasn't hired for that. Yeah. There you it's, go. It's, yeah, it's, it's another more point. Maybe maybe it comes up that he's less a henchman and more an F-boy. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's not classified as a henchman anymore. I have anymore. a question. Somebody, I, so I put this uh, question about him being an F-boy to uh, a, a group, uh, the D&D group. Oh, okay. And she said he's a himbo. What's a himbo? Do we I know don't know. Well, I'm also old, I feel like. Well, I don't let's know look any it up. Hopefully I don't say something completely. No, a himbo is... Usually, oh, Andrew knows. I, hi, yes. I, I hang out with the youths. <laughs> <laughs> the best example to go back to one of your recent episodes with um, Tarzan, specifically the Brendan Fraser version. That's You mean George of the Jungle? Yes. George of the Jungle. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much Tarzan. I but mean, yeah, pretty uh, much yeah. the same storyline. But um, the himbo is basically supposed to be really tra- really. Um, kind of attractive, heart of gold, absolute idiot. Yes, that's what I'm mm-hmm. seeing here. An attractive but unintelligent man. So he's definitely a himbo. Yes. Um, there we go. So, so now we've your, got the your, right term. Thank you for joining us for Youth Word of the Day. Uh, <laughs> so we see... Oh, is I, it like bimbo but a dude? Yeah. Uh, I get it. <laughs> wow. We are old. Okay, so... This is a whole nother physical bit that happens here is Pacha winds up being able to distract the wife long enough to realize to let her know what's going on, who they are, what they're going to do. And the family's going to take care of Yzma and Kronk. And this is where Yzma's super nimble, where she pretends to spill the tea to like, yes, to go jump rope with Kronk. And they're playing patty cake as she's trying to describe what well, they're going to do. Jump in and like. Just start, no problem. Like, this is what we do. Like, this is what you're supposed (laughs) Mm -hmm. to do here. And then she comes back, and they wind up giving them a tour of the house and putting them in a closet, and they take the doorknob out. And I love the- because Pacha's like, distract them. Yeah, and and Yzma wanted a tour of the house to see if 
uh, but, they were there. But Cusco goes, are you are you really are you worried about leaving your family with them? And he's like, oh no, they'll be they they can take care of themselves. And then they're doing that. But that's when. The whole scene with Yzma's eyes and, and... Yes, I had that written down. Yeah. The dark closet where they're trapped and it's just Kronk's eyes and Yzma's eyes and they're getting more and more yellow and bloodshot as she's well, getting more frustrated. Yeah. I love... And I feel like this is like, you know, like a very uh, Warner Brothers thing where it's like dark room eyeball jokes. I feel like there's there's a, a, a Muppet... Oh, it's Muppet Treasure Island where they're all there and the, all the the eyes are glow in the dark so that's oh, how they do yeah. it and mm-hmm. then all the other the the pigs come up anyway. yes 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 uh no but then when her eyeball goes through the doorknob hole oh that's horrible <laughs> There, there's some real. She's got go away heat just because they make her like so gross. I love it. I love it so much. So again, another scene where just go watch the movie because it's hilarious. All the things that kind of they get through. She basically gets tar and feathered, but it's like honey and mm-hmm. and feathers and becomes a pinata. Is yes. the end? Is the end of it? And then this is the montage with the map where the dotted lines, they're following the dotted lines in real life as well as we're seeing them on a map, two different colors of how they're getting back to the palace. Mm -hmm. And then the callback comes where we see Cusco. Why does she even have that lever? So that comes back. They get in the scientist suits quick uh, into the lab coats. And then as they're getting the poison, that's when Yzma and Kronk show up and they make the joke about, uh, it doesn't how'd, even make how'd sense. How did you guys get here sooner than this? They're like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, they pull the map back up. The line just disappears. And then there's one space of the line leading back into the end piece. Yes, into the palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at this point, they're like fighting over all the poisons. And then Yzma lifts up her dress. And they all are horrified well, at like, what she's going to do. I bet you didn't do. expect this. And they're like, ah, and she's got she's a knife. She's got this long, like twisty dagger i feel like jafar had a dagger like that she owes a lot to jafar she's kind of like cartoonish yeah. jafar yeah i would agree with that and so she wants kronk to take the knife to kill them and then this is where the angels pop back up and they all look over and this is where we see we cannot see the angels yeah. they can't see the angels only kronk can and as soon as she said i never liked your spinach puffs that's he's really had it by then with her and he cuts the chandelier to have it drop on Yzma, but she's so skinny, she just, like, falls through. Like, the chandelier just falls, like, around her. And now this whole next section, again, it's all so physical. But basically, they fight for the potion, and then the guards come out. The guards get turned into animals while they're fighting for potions, and they wind up taking all the potions. So as they're running for Yzma, they're giving... Cusco a different potion and he's changing into different animals each time and so there's a lot of physical bits with each animal had kind of a sword in the stone feel of like he Mm -hmm. always had the same look but he was like he he always had the llama underbite which is yes yeah which is funny because he he doesn't really whale yes the whale's very funny yeah Um, during the time Yzma turns into a cat. And they, I have read. Because she's Catwoman. Yes, I read that as yes. well. Eartha Kit Catwoman is wonderful. Yes. And Pacha winds up falling. So then there's a moment here where Cusco has to decide, does he go for the poison that is the one that's left? Because they've narrowed it down to one. Or does he save Pacha? And as that's happening, we're hearing her as the cat falling. And she's falling forever. And then there's a delivery guy. I love this <laughs> bit. Listen, no, we never, we didn't order a giant trampoline. <laughs> well, well, why, why did you tell me that? Set it up. Like, it's so and stupid. then she hits the trampoline and she comes back up and she winds up 
catching the poison and she's like, ha ha ha. And then she loses it. It's great. It's so good. And it takes like too long to describe and it's not as funny until you actually see it. But it's so, so good. There's a great bit in an article I read about it um, where they were talking about that and they were talking about how they'd never get to make a movie like this again. But they had her falling and they're like, well, we don't want to kill her now. So how do we um, how do we stop it? How, how does she live? Yeah. And they're like, someone's just kicked back in a chair and they go, trampoline salesman. And everyone looks and goes, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right, put it in there. For some reason, there's a trampoline salesman. <laughs> I mean, it works. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, that's it is how it wild. plays off, too, is just like, this well, is and it's stupid. you wouldn't we've, expect it. We've also already at this point established so much that this movie is like a movie and doesn't play by realistic Any rules. rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, I do think it is a fun surprise because it's not something you expect. And like they cut back and forth, like you hear her fall, but then they go back to Pacha and Cusco, and then we're still hearing her fall. So it's well, a good it's bit back and forth. I couldn't remember, and I was like, oh, is this how she goes? Is it another disney large fall and then i remember she's in all the other stuff so yeah um so then right before cusco takes the potion he says see you on the other side so my little phrase is a disney phrase oh my god i'm surprised you didn't catch that (laughs) uh but the movie ends with cusco saying you know you lied to me I, he's you he's said, back as a as a person, and he's yes. actually apologizing to Piglet about like kicking, like throwing. Oh, him that's out of right, window. throwing. Yeah, about throwing him out a window, and I love that that old man is like, not the first window I've been thrown I'm out a of. Rebel, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he winds up saying, you know, you told me these hills sing, and we were all over these hills, and I didn't hear no singing, and so Pacha says, well, I heard some singing on the hill next to mine, and that's where we find out. He's going to have his summer house next to Pacha's house. But it's a nice little, like, it's not, like, you can tell they didn't really change much. They just changed the background. He's not coming out of a big, huge, you know, yeah, he's got Cuscatopia. Like, yeah, it's like a But they did make Cuscatopia into the birdhouse outside of it. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, which I liked. I liked that, and I like that the wife knits him a llama poncho yes that was really great and so that was one thing i noticed is when they showed the other llamas they all have a lot more fur than cusco and then i remember oh cusco hasn't been a llama that long yeah because i was like why is he so skinny you know oh yeah yeah uh and then they cut to cronk doing teaching his own junior, junior chipmunks woodchuck. and yeah. uh junior woodchuck is uh ducktails and then Yzma is still a cat. So we see that she is still a cat and she's with the class. Now, I read that the voice of the cat was Mike Dindle and not Eartha Kitt. But if that's true, granted, it's heliumized, but like he was nailing her delivery. Yeah. Like the way she does stuff as a cat. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty impressed at that. But that's the movie. And then it ends with Sting's very slow, very slow song. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, what is this? It should have been like, doop doop doo doo. It should have been like circus music. But yeah, one last bit from the um, documentary is that we get to the very end, and they have the two executives playing it for Sting, and they finished <laughs> oh, the right. movie, <laughs> and he goes, huh? So what was this called? And they went, The Emperor's New Groove, and he goes, ugh. And they go, so what did you think of it? He stops for a second. He goes, I didn't like it. 
but I guess I could conceive how someone might. And that was the end of that documentary. That's crazy. <laughs> and then they cut to the song and the it credits. Yes, yeah, and mm-hmm. the credits cut to that same song. It's so wild. I do feel for him, though, and the... the yeah, no kidding. Yeah, oh, like yeah. The, what they put him through and how it kind of just turned out where... Most people don't think of Sting associated with this film. And why would they? Why would you exactly. at all? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They didn't play. Oh, I saw Sting live once and he didn't play this song. So <laughs> Weird. Um, okay. So here are our questions we do at the end of every episode. First of all, how was the princess? Princess in this case. It's interesting. Is the princess Cusco? Is the princess Pacha? It's the main protagonist. So I guess. I would say Cusco because he goes through the biggest emo- journey. Yeah. So what do you guys think of Cusco? I think we like Cusco. I like Cusco. I like his journey a lot. And I think they did a really good job. We talked about this throughout. But they did a really good job of showing him not caring for anyone, right? And then mm-hmm. him gradually starting yeah. to think of others, which I think was important. He definitely had the biggest arc. Yeah. there is. It is a good arc. I will say, mm-hmm. though, the prince, Pacha, is my favorite character. And is he the most interesting? No. But I think he's the one I relate to the most. He's also, I feel, again, him and his family are very relatable. Yes. In yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did a good job of making them interesting and relatable and not just the typical, like, these are the good guys we don't care. Like, they're mm-hmm. not just I like the family. I like the family. It really gives him something to come back to. I'm so glad to know that he has his family. Yeah, I don't absolutely. like the family. <laughs> I don't like the family. <laughs> oh, I don't like the family either. We don't like the family, yeah. so. <laughs> Every time you say it, you say it with such earnestness that I'm yeah. like, yeah. I, yeah, like, I'm I like, oh, wait, the we're family, doing too. Hold on, hold on. Um, how was the sidekick henchman? We talked about how much we actually do like the family, but Kronk, I like Kronk a lot. I think he is a terrible henchman. I am saying this for the final time. <laughs> he is not a good henchman. He, he turns at the end. Well, they shouldn't have insulted his spinach pops. I know. Exactly. That's what it is. I just, I, I think he's fantastic. I love Kronk, but as his ability to carry out his henchman duties, he takes care of Yzma well. <laughs> I mean, that's debatable. I don't want to get into that debate. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't even. Oh, my God. I said that. I didn't um, even think of it that way. I just more so meant like he's carrying her around. And, yep. Yes. But Wink. also what we uh, talked about. So. I was going to say also, Ryan, if you were to say be someone's henchman at some point and you get to a pinnacle moment and they are starting to insist that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Oh, there you go. You oh, we, we, that would have been part of my interview process. We would, I wouldn't have made it that far. I make sure that that's, uh, that's, that's an important part to know going into the situation. Um, favorite musical number. We've got two to choose from. So do you like the Tom Jones number or the Sting number? Tom Jones. Tom Jones. I'm going to go Sting just to say, but I could, uh, this, I like my version of the Sting song better than anyone else than his, which is just, <laughs> yeah. like, just out of nowhere. Um, how does it hold up? Female character agency. I like the mom a lot. I like mm-hmm. I like what they did with Yzma. I, I feel like we could have used a little, like, everybody else is a male in this movie. I don't think there's another woman except for the women the who are like. The little girl. I was about to say, we could probably have left out the whole choose a bride part in the beginning. Yes, yeah, I would agree absolutely. with that. That like, could be, that could have been left out. And you have the little girl, his daughter, but. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying she has a ton of agency. She's just the other female character that's featured. I just feel like there's certain roles that, like, the at waitress? this point. 
Oh, oh the waitress or whatever her name was. <laughs> Apparently, she's designed after the Laura Prepon like love interest. Like they made her look like an older woman or something. Yeah. They did. There's something there <laughs> where that's how that held over from the Empire of the Sun. Oh, interesting. Uh, drinking and smoking, none of that. Guns and firearms, none of that. Not even really any intense, you know, scary action scenes, in my opinion. The no. ethnic representation I want to talk about a little bit because I think while the movie... I, I had a little bit of an interesting thought with this because I think the film, the characters are, you know, all pretty... You know, they're supposed to feel like you're in this kind of um, South American kingdom it's all white actors. Like yeah. they're all done very, there's not like a lot of there's the, the, at this point in Disney, I think they're taking paying a lot of interest, uh, 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 paying a lot of attention to the physical manifestation of this culture, mm-hmm. but not necessarily mm-hmm. like the interactions between characters or anything like yeah, that. I would say that they used it as a location, as yes. a place, as like th- that part of the story, but didn't necessarily carry it, carry it through and I feel like it would be even more questionable had they managed to make Kingdom of the Sun. Yes. yes. I feel like a lot of that might have been handled pretty similarly. And we'd be sitting here doing the awkward, like, scratch the back of your neck. Like, oh, we did I mean, that the, the, 20 the, years ago. The yeah. thing that has going for it, though, is... Well, I will say is it's an ancient, like, culture that is gone. Now, they, I think there's still, you know, llama herders and stuff in, in South America. Like, I think there's, I think they needed to do a little more diligence at the same time. And I'm always trying to be very much like, you know, I, I can't imagine anyone else playing these characters because I don't go, Oh, that's David Spade. Oh, that's whoever. It's those characters. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they, they enveloped, they them embodied so well. them so well. Yeah. But I'm not, who's to say there's not la- la- Latino or Latina uh, actresses and actors who could have done this. And Eartha Kitt's mm-hmm. a woman of color. So that's, good to get her in there of course yeah it's the villain but we could divide that i will also say cronk was drawn to look very very white like cusco at least looks south american mm-hmm. like cronk just looked like a you know a, a white dude it's just me like really examining this overall I yeah don't, no that's fine I, i'd love for someone who maybe has more stake in this ethnic representation to talk to, talk, uh, to towards it but that was my white liberal guilt take mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, so here comes uh, the big part, and that is the villain yes, uh, ranking. It. So are you familiar with our ranking system, uh, Andrew? I'm vaguely familiar with it. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me explain this to you. I'll explain the uh, system to Andrew real quick, listeners, and we'll be right back. All right, listeners, we're back. Uh, Andrew is now an expert on the <laughs> infallible scientific villain <laughs> ranking. Uh, we're going to start with frightening. I don't think she's very frightening. She's yeah. she's a comic character. She's yeah. She's, she's a one... comic character. You could maybe push for design for that way that she's designed yes. to be frightening in appearance. But yeah. I, I would give her a higher design point than I would actually frightening. I think I'm going to give her a two simply because of all the lines. Is she scary beyond all comprehension? Like I'm yes. going to give her a two. For I'm going to give her a two as well. I feel like she's comparable to Captain Hook. Yeah. They're sim- they're cut from a similar. I think cloth. Captain Hook is scary. I think he does more scarier faces, and the, they, they, yeah. They, but I'm saying like yeah. as funny, you know, the at them being funny or yes. comical villains. Yeah, that's fair. I would go with um, 
Maybe a three, because I'm giving it a design point as well. So what would you guys put for funny? I thought she was oh, pretty funny. Oh, she's a five. Do you think she's a five? She's right. hilarious. Five out of five. <laughs> yeah, she's so funny. Why do we even have that level? Oh, gosh, she's so good. I'm going to do the same. I don't think she's naturally as presented. Like, she's not cracking jokes, but they definitely put her in a, like, the situations make her funny. Yes, and I will yes. say sometimes Kronk helps with that, but yes. I will say she is funny on her own as well. Sometimes we do have villains where the henchmen are funnier than they are. I don't think that's true here. I think they're funny together, but I also think apart, she's very funny on her own. Um, Fierce. I give her five out of five. Yeah. I think she is... I think I think she is a gross old... I don't want to say gross and old the same thing, but she's a gross, like, decrepit woman whose style makes her look amazing <laughs> like her eyelashes she she's i i like fierceness there's a lot of her style in there and her yeah. confidence so she's a five out of Absolutely. five for me. yes i would agree i think her confidence level also eartha kit even said it you know she's going after what she wants and she's yes. she's very determined and, yes, and she's gonna take it well yeah she's got cruella level style too she's got like a yes. new outfit in a lot of scenes like when she's like She's got the the funeral scene. I love the funeral scene. Quick change into the funeral scene. Yes, Yes. and I love when she's. We didn't talk about this when she's in the tent and she wakes up with the cucumber slices on her eyes. So she's making she's She's making making an an effort an effort to look good too. I think that's very important. You know, it's not something. It's not important like everyone has to do it. But if she, but she she is a fashionable old lady, and Mm -hmm. I like it. Uh, Effective. I think she's very ineffective. (laughs) That is. Yeah. So, I mean, she turns Cusco into a llama and sends him away. So I'm going to give her a two. Yeah. I mean, I think her inability also to get a henchman to do her dirty work, right? She never wants to really get her hands dirty. And that's fine if your henchman was capable, which he's, yeah, yeah, or competent, which he's not. So what are you giving her a two? Mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe a two, but actually I think just for the fact that we go down to the fact that she pulls out the bottle of poison, hands it over because it's got a skull on it. And then we come back at the end of the dinner scene and she looks at it again and then just pushes it up. And it turns out that it's a picture of a llama that's folded over on itself to make it look like a skull. It's as ineffectual as you get. (laughs) That's true. She picked the wrong poison. It's a one. I think you make a good point because the other thing is, too, is she then blames Kronk for that, but she's the one who pulled the poison mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the thing. Oh, man, this is hard. It's between a one and a two. It's not going to make a huge <laughs> difference. I'll give her, if I give her the two, does it even out or is it the other way? No, either. It does. It's, it's, do you want it to be closer to a two or closer? You have to make your own decision. Don't be, don't be game uh, in the system. <laughs> uh, I just want her to rank high because I love her, but. I think you're right. I'm going with you, Andrew. I'm going to give her a one. Okay. Uh, design. I think she's a four or five to me. I think she's very high because, again, I think her style is very interesting. They, they make these different things. Like, you can feel that her I, – I was like, those have got to be fake eyelashes. And then there's a scene later where her eyelashes are on a mannequin. A mannequin. In the like, tents. When they get close and they get up close to all those wrinkles. like Her they, spine. Her spine. Like, I was watching her. I kept every moment going, like – pointing out a new detail to you guys and going, is that, is that this? Is it that looks that? like gravity has taken its course with her chest. Yes. Yes. So uh, I, I give think... her a five. I think they put a lot of thought into what they wanted her to look like. And even though all of the things we're describing wouldn't make you 
wouldn't necessarily make you attracted or excited about this character, I get even more excited Mm -hmm. because of those details. I'm going to agree with that as well. The design is not an attractive person, but it is such a good design. Right, right, right. Well, I think the design is they're doing exactly what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. And I will say one thing. So I was leaning towards a four, but I will say one thing that gave me towards a five is how she is one of, I think she's a very highly cosplayed costumed character. She's a strong female villain I well think. i think just her look has yeah. been something that people are like oh i want to be is yzma or blah blah blah. i think it's mm-hmm. it's per it's i don't know what word i was trying to say there but it's it's permeated into the culture like yes like it's something people like this is this is i, I feel oh, like she's on my list yeah exactly but she's, i've talked about i think i would like to do either her funeral outfit the lab coat outfit, or I want to do a, a thing with a way where I could have the cucumber slices, but like on like opera glasses, so I could just hold them up. for pictures. <laughs> for pictures, <laughs> I always want to do like not the one that everybody does. However, uh, yeah, she's fantastic. Okay, go away, he. Did you rate her a five? Then yeah. you went up to a five. We got fives across the board there. She's got a couple. She might rank pretty high. She's got a one for me for go away, he. I okay. never not want to see her. If that, but that's double negative. But you know what I mean. I I always want her on the screen. Okay. I love her. I was gonna say I'm gonna go with a one as well. That like I said, it's not an attractive design, but everything about it is so well done, so great. I enjoy every scene we have her in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's got a three from me. You don't like because her spine. she falls into you don't like the, her eyeballs. The, the Jafar's teeth category <laughs> of that eyeball scene was gross. And then her spine, and then the the food in her teeth. Like I was like, oh, there was a lot of scenes where it was like, please stop. Like I really was like, and it wasn't necessarily her, but it was scenes where she's got a solid three for me. It's Jafar is an old man when he's got the old man teeth. The, for anyone the broken who hasn't piano listened, teeth. Yeah, yeah, anyone who hasn't listened to our last uh, episode. Yes, factor is pretty low for me because going into this, I was like, eh. but once we started going, I, I really liked her. I don't know what number I want yet, but what do you guys think? Five. For You're going to five? I love her as a villain. I got excited when she first appears on screen. I yeah. got excited for, there were so many moments of hers that I remembered as the movie was happening. So yeah. I'm going to go with a four on this one. I really okay. enjoy all of her on it. I enjoy everything about what we're doing, but not necessarily my favorite ever, but a very, very solid design and character. I think I'm going to go with a three. Like I, I, I don't typically like Eastman. I think she got pulled up to a three for a couple things. One, uh, as I was uh, 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 perving out about before, her old look <laughs> is very good. I love Eartha Kit. I'm a big Eartha Kit fan, and we'll, we, you know, we'll Eartha Kit. This won't be the last time we hear from Eartha Kit on this podcast. Um, so yeah, let's go with a three. Um, I think that ranks her pretty high. She is a twenty four point three. Oh. She's in good company she's up there. She's pretty with good. Matt. Oh, she's oh, above. She's, no, she's tied. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a three-way tie now for, I believe, the number 11 spot between Gaston, Shere Khan, and Yzma. Oh, she's in good company up That's there. That's good company, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have one final question, guys, and this I think we all have a pretty good answer after this, and I think mine has changed. I think I, I this wasn't my original answer, mm. but now... Would you, is this one we keep or is this one that we get a nice uh, VHS clamshell edition or do we uh, keep it on our shelf or do we lock it away in the vault forever next to um, 
the uh, Walt's uh, f- Frozen Head and Song of the South, and the documentary, and and the the yes, and the uh, Sweatbox documentary. <laughs> sweatbox documentary. Uh, it's going on a shelf for me for sure. Absolutely, this is one that I already do own, sitting on a shelf. Oh, yeah, I always love when we have a guest and you see them like look behind them uh-huh. because you're like, oh, it's already there. They've yeah. got it. That's why it's great. Yeah, I don't think any guests do a thing. Is like, oh, I want to do this episode because I hate this one so much. <laughs> That um, would be and, a fun way to go with one, though. Yeah, yeah, I would love to do one that I was like, "Oh, this one's so bad." Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like it was so. We 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 just did the the dinosaur one, and I think if we hadn't had Marjorie, I would have been like, "Eh." But I like we watching Marjorie in... actually like talk. Be like, "Here's what I do like about it." I don't think it's a great movie, but going through, I was like, "Yeah." But also, we went in with low expectations, mm-hmm. and I came out of it enjoying the experience of watching it. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for doing this uh, with us. I know it's it's always a a bit of a time time yeah. uh, crunch to do we this. We appreciate it so much. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we ask our guests uh, if they want to plug something, whether it be a personal project they're working on, a piece of media they've been enjoying uh, lately, or even just a sentiment they want to put out there in the world. Uh, Andrew, please feel free to plug away. Um, it almost feels cheap to be like, come down to Disney because that's where I work. But <laughs> weirdly enough, the media we've been watching, and it has been one of the funniest things I have ever watched. We've been burning through Taskmaster. Oh, uh, what are you watching it on? Nine of the seasons are available for free on YouTube through their own channel. So they've got it for sale. And then right next to it posted by them is all of it for free. So do you want to explain real quick to our audience who might not know Taskmaster? It's a BBC show. Yeah, it's um five British comedians being put through a bunch of very, very random tasks. Oh. And... Hilarity and idiocy ensues every time. It's basically they get a British comic figure to be the taskmaster for that episode, and they come up with the things they have to do. Got it. Right? Yeah, it's um, Greg Davies and Alex Horn host it. Yes. Alex Horn has, um, he wrote all of it, basically, and then hired um, someone to act as the taskmaster so he could run the tasks and not be in charge of grading them. Well, cool. Yeah, guys, check that out. Uh, you know, get at us on all the social medias. Let you know what you think. Uh, always remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, send us an email if you got a question for Andrew. If you want to ask some sort of uh, Disney question that you know, hopefully he'll be able to answer. Some he might just we might just ask him, and he says no comment. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I've got an NDA. Um, but yeah. So until next time, guys. Our next movie will be uh, Atlantis: The Lost Empire, Ooh. which I'm very excited about because it feels like a movie I would like, but I've never seen it. Oh, okay. So we'll have we'll have Amanda back to be our guest for that. Uh, but until nice. next time, we'll. <laughs> but until next time, we'll see you around, guys. All right. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.